What up, folks? Welcome to Dabbling and Dribbling with Alex and Bry. Yo. Um, a podcast about life and basketball. Um, so in our intro episode, we didn't really talk about like our format and things because we know it's going to ebb and flow in various ways. Um, so um, we typically would like to do like a dope person of the week. We'll talk. And then after that, we'll probably talk about like a bunch of stuff and we'll probably end with some basketball things, too. Right. Um, but this episode is going to be a little bit different just because there's so much to talk about. Yeah. There's so many things that we need to talk about because there's so much that has happened in our world. Um, and specifically it's playoff season in the basketball world mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of feelings we particular fans like you know me have about <laughs> our baby bulls and things like that so um alex why don't you take it off and tell us what are we going to be talking about today all right what's for, our first topic for for the 2017 season mm-hmm. and into the playoffs i think you should start right at the topic that everyone has been talking about all let's season. Do it. I know what you're talking about. Let's talk about let's talk about Russell Westbrook. Oh my let's god. Let's just get it out there let's because do it. the guy just at the time we're recording this podcast, Russell has been he and the the Oklahoma City Westbrooks have The Westbrooks. Been, Not the Thunder. The, the o- West Yes. Brook Thunders. The Oklahoma City Westbrooks <laughs> have been eliminated from the playoffs by the Houston Rockets. Yes. Uh, led by Great James team. Harden. Yes. Who was also an MVP candidate this yes. season. What does um, MVP mean, Alex? Most. Wow, if you're listening to this, if you made it past the intro episode. <laughs> We're, thank okay. you. Thank <laughs> if you. you don't know what MVP means, it is the most valuable player. Valuable. Which, yeah, which, I mean, let's. what does that even mean, right? We, st- we have that yeah. conversation every year, and I think some people are saying there should be the MVP, and there should be the, the MOP, the MOP, the Most Outstanding Player. That feels weird, because when I think of a MOP, I think of, like, a dirty MOP. Well, yeah, but I... But, like, that's not... You could, I transcend, know, like it's just, you could transcend that sure, idea absolutely. if you had the right kind of people behind it, I think. Right. If you but, market it right, because everything's all about the marketing. Sure. But uh, Russell and James have been outstanding this year, and they faced each other in the first round of the playoffs. Right. And so this was kind of going to be the standoff. Right. It was like the showdown at the OK Corral. It's right. like words went back and forth. Not contentious, necessarily, between yeah. the two players, because they were friends back in Oklahoma. Yeah, because they, they used to be teammates. Right. They used to be, like, on the squad, them and With KD. another person that we don't want to talk don't, about. We don't want to... I have you said a his lot name. of feelings you, you about... Said, you said the we'll, name. We'll get to... If you guys State don't Warriors. know what the name is, the name is Kevin Durant. I said it just for information purposes, but I shall not shut my mouth. We, but I didn't realize you had feelings I have, to that I level have, about I Kevin have Durant. Very, like, I have strong and I, feelings. I and didn't I know like you had. No, so I, so my feelings about Kevin Durant is this: it's very simple. Okay. I really like him. When he won MVP, I mm, like. That was like two years ago. It right? was. It, it was before w- Curry. Yes. It was two, two years ago. Yeah. So yeah. Two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, when he, he thanked said, his mom and like. Mom, you're the real MVP. Ugh, like. Well, yeah, we all. I mean, melted. we all. I mean, we all melted. Right. Great speech, but I also like loved his character. I just liked who he was. I liked him as a player. I just like. It's how I felt about LeBron leaving, the Cavs and going to Miami. When for KD his, left Oklahoma City. Yeah, if I felt like it was. A, it wasn't the 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 pomp and circumstance as it was when. When LeBron LeBron left, left with the decision. With the decision, yeah. which let's be real. LeBron leaving was his four years of college. He did that yes, when he went Miami. to Miami. Wish there was a new article about Pat Riley's take on that leave. Oh, it really? just came out. 
and I Anthony, haven't read it's that. It's a, he's come a long way, Pat Riley. But okay. anyway, okay. yes, I'll it was LeBron's to... four years of college. In right. Miami. So like when when he did that, I had lost all this respect for, you know, LeBron. I'm like, yeah, he's a great player, but don't be saying he's a nice Michael Jordan. He's so hella disrespectful. Like I just can't handle it. Like you could go to Miami, but why you gotta have all this? Extraness, and I know all the money went to the Boys and Girls Club. I yes, believe. it did. Um, which I, and I, which I appreciate and get, but like, it was just such a stunt that I didn't like. But I think with, with KD, my issue with him was, you were you were with this dude, like him Westbrook, you guys were a team, like he was hella proud of you when you were an MVP. He got the year he got MVP. KD also got inducted into the Oklahoma yeah. Hall of Fame. And, and Russell gave his speech. Yeah. 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 So, like, there's there's a level of love and respect that you have for a teammate, right? Yeah. And so the way that it, that I could equate that, like, how I, if I was Russell, if I if You're going to be Russell right I'm now? I'm Russell, okay, and you're going to be see. KD. Okay. okay? I'm, you're I KD. to be him. You're just, you're not, you're Slim not. Slim Reaper. Yeah, you are. All right. You're going to get my wrath in a little bit. All right. But, like, that is if you were to tell me, out of, like... That's if you decided in our three to four years of friendship that I think we've gotten close and mm-hmm. been, like, we're, yeah. we're very good friends. Like, we've gone through some stuff together. Some, we've got, yeah. We've gone through some life stuff together. Documented. Anyway, um, and that is kind of like, okay, now we're lifelong friends. We have no choice. But, right. But if you were to all of a sudden just pack up and move to, I don't know, freaking... San Francisco. I Michael Strahan you. You Michael Strahan me. I am Kelly in this situation. You are Michael Strahan. You just leave and you don't tell me? I bounce. Yeah. Like that is, and I'm not saying they were like the best of best of friends, but like there is a, you know, there is something about relationships, right? Right. Like that you need, there is a level of respect you need to have for the people around you. And I think that there was some rumors that he texted him or whatever, and like whatever. I know you're terrible with texting, so I wouldn't even expect that from you. <laughs> that's pretty notorious. Yeah, yeah that's but. my that's my record. I don't. If, if you text me today, you'll probably get it within the next twenty four hours. I'll give you a response. <laughs> if you're lucky, I think if you're the lucky few, we'll I think get, there's a few of us that get it within twenty four hours. Well, I'd like to think I'm one of them, and I appreciate the, that. You're in the you're but. in the camp. <laughs> we'll we'll get into my own setbacks <laughs> over the course of this whole saga. But yeah, but so anyway. you, so I, I disrespect you by going all the way to another side of the country without telling it's not, me. It's not just that; it's that I didn't have the confidence in this partnership that I would to be okay with go. That. Well, that, but to go the distance to yeah. get a championship. Right. That's me saying, I have a better chance with that team mm-hmm. than with you. Even though. <laughs> that was we, a little Cosby of you, just so you know. That that, that little that little tone that you just did. With, <laughs> with the thing in the point. <laughs> we do not want to talk about Cosby on the first no, episode. No, we do not. We do not. You, <laughs> just, you just did a tone it's, that I wasn't. I got a little uncomfortable. 2017's <laughs> not going to be the year to really uh, no, we're not, watch reruns of the not, Cosby show. I can't sure watch not. that show the same way. <laughs> um, Different world every day. I used to love Felicia Rashad. That was, I wanted Felicia Rashad in my life. Um, now I, I look at that thing and I'm like... Man, what's happening on that set? Yeah. Lisa Bonet, you're my girl. Shout out. Uh, anyway, you're welcome on the show. Anyway, back to um, what you were saying. But it's not just that. But Kevin was up on KD and Russ were up on the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. The 73 win Golden State Warriors who broke the previous record of 72 wins in a season by the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I just want to say it ain't no thing without a ring. And that's what Scotty and Michael said. And so. When they were up on them, they were up on them three one. They were up 
And if you didn't watch the playoffs last year, it came to a head when the Golden State Warriors were supposed to defend their title, and they just won an, a record-breaking 73 games in a season. And then you go into the playoffs, Kevin Durant, arguably Batman, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, arguably Robin, however... True basketball connoisseurs would probably say it's Batman 1 and Batman 2. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back and forth day to day. But And depending on the game and what's yes, going on. I would yeah. say Russell's the more well-rounded, complete player, but right. Kevin Durant is an assassin sniper. He, from, he just has a grit to him that like reminds me of the 90s. I wouldn't call it grit. Really? I would, I would, I would say Russell is so dogged in his determination. He's mm-hmm. got grit for day. He's got heart. Yeah. Whereas Kevin Durant is more of a smooth operator. Yeah. But when you get him riled up, yeah, he gets emotional and he, he gets into the game. But you were up 3-1 mm-hmm. on a team that won 73 games. Mm-hmm. And I flew out. I actually... No. Oh, that's, no, no, that was the yes, other game. It was, after, it was after... So then you lose mm-hmm. two games in a row to tie up 3-3. Kevin Durant goes on... One of his worst shooting streaks. I still of remember the watching that game. It was he, so bad. He shot such a bad percentage, game five and game six, that you had to have game seven. And I was, because of some like work obligation, I got to fly out to San Francisco for a conference. During game seven, I went to a truck stop out there in San Francisco, and there's just blue and gold everywhere of Warriors fans. I'm going out there, I'm just, like, taking pictures of folks. I'm mm-hmm. saying, hey, I'm just trying to document what's going on here with the game mm-hmm. and just capturing the moments. I'm thinking full and well, Oklahoma City's going to win. Right. And for the better part of that game, they are. And the mm-hmm. fans look miserable at the yeah. truck stops. I'm eating tacos, I'm taking pictures, I'm having a good old time. They come back because Kevin Durant goes ice cold. Yeah. And they lose. So not just Something got in his head that day. I don't know what psyched him out. But Something just... Did. Not just him leaving to go to the Warriors, but the fact that you're the reason you lost, mm-hmm. to, I shouldn't say it's only him, but it you are the It takes a whole star. team, but he's, right. if you are Batman 1 or 2 that mm-hmm. day, you're, you expect, you're expected yeah. to be Batman. Yeah. And you didn't save Gotham. No. And so the You actually city, effed them over. You like, effed them over. And so you got disappointed, your fans got disappointed, and then off-season's like, well, we came close to beating the best team in the league. And we can do this again. We can oh, do wait. it again. Oh, wait, you don't believe in this anymore. Okay, he's not going to be here. Well, where is he going to go? The last place you should go is to the team that had 73 wins. Yeah. They and they almost won the championship by what two points, three points yeah. against the Cavaliers. It was it was pretty so sad too. Anyway, again, it ain't no thing without the ring. But anyway, back to Westbrook. Westbrook this year, in spite of Kevin Durant leaving, Ke- KD leaves under unjust a, a blaze of just humiliation. Um, people are upset across Oklahoma in the basketball world, and then. They're wondering about their other superstar, Russell Westbrook, Mm because he's under contract only for the rest of this year, Mm -hmm. and then he's a free agent at the end of this season, Mm -hmm. which would have been, like, today. Right. Now. Yeah. But before the season even started, Russell goes, don't worry, y'all. I got this. He re-upped on a contract a year before he Mm -hmm. had to. Before he had to. To show his commitment in a five-year max deal contract. He got paid. But he's the guy now. I ain't mad at him. And his numbers shot through the... He was normally... I think he was like a two, like a 22 to 25 point scorer game. He was disgusting this year. He got the scoring title with 31.9 points per game. Jeez. And... On average, yeah. On average. And the first player since Oscar Robertson 
In the 60s. I need y'all to Google these people, folks. Oscar Robinson, big O. Russell Westbrook's the first player to have a triple-double average for the season. 10.4 rebounds, 10.5 assists, mm-hmm. I think. Do you want to talk about what a triple-double is? That's a great point. Because Tri- I know what it is, but maybe some of us... Tell them what a triple-double is. So a triple-double is you get essentially double, like, double-digit like double points on three of the four areas of... Well, it's three areas, specifically. Yeah. Um, it's scoring, assists... And uh, rebounds. Yeah, Um, and that's traditionally what a triple-double is. Yeah, Yeah. and only under... No one's ever averaged anything other than that for a season, but some people will have a triple-double game if they have, like, ten monster blocks or they have ten steals, which is, like, almost unheard of. Right. Um, But, yeah. So that's what... Yeah, and so he's... Not only... Like, he's passed literally... Even for the playoffs, he had the most triple-doubles... He's the only right. player in NBA history. Well, they only played a five-game series because oh, his true. team lost one Ugh, to four. That's so sad. It's a best-of-seven series, so right. you have to win four out of seven. And so he, his team only won one, and Houston won four. Mm-hmm. So Russell had uh, he's the first player in NBA history to average. I saw this on Instagram today. Mm-hmm. The first Thanks, player Insta. to yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Instagram. You're doing great things. He av- he had 150 points. 50 rebounds and 50 assists through five games. The first player in NBA history to do that. That's superhuman. That's, like, next level. It's hard to do I, that. So I know he has more years left in him as far as, like, his contract is concerned. How old is he? He's, like, 20... Oh, I, I think he's, like, 26, 27. Westbrook. Let's see what Google says. Google is telling me... Why isn't it telling me? Wikipedia. Okay, wiki that guy. Oh, wiki it. He's got years on him. He is 28. He's 28. Yeah, he's in his prime. This yeah. is at 28's like... That's a good... That's, that's a good, it. You're at the top of the bell curve. So the thing... So this is my worry for... So Russell Westbrook, I think both of us agree with this, is our MVP. Is my, he's my MVP this yeah, year. I wouldn't have said that. I would have been more conflicted about that a month and a half ago. Who, like you, who, who are you going to... I mean, James Harden has had an incredible year. Okay, whatever. He, he really has, but... He kind of annoys me as a player. Every time he plays it, I'm just like, ugh. What do you mean? I don't know why. He's not sensational like Westbrook. Yeah, I think that's what it is. But he's more efficient than Westbrook. Yeah, and yeah. But he also has better players on, better players on his team. He has better shooters we on his team. We saw that in this series, yeah. Right, but he's always had that, yes. like, all year. Yeah. So, like, he's yeah, able sure. to... Because he also had a lot of really... He had a lot of triple-doubles this year, too. He had a ton. But anyway, with Westbrook, I think my only like, I'm worried if he can sustain this, like what he did this year. What do you mean? For how long? I'm worried he can even do it next year. I mean, I'm glad he's going to be able to rest. Yes. And like rejuvenate. do Do you know that he only averaged something like 35 minutes a game this year? Really? He scored triple doubles at a rate that was so fast. He didn't even have to be on the floor. So that why much. are we? Why are we arguing <laughs> who the MVP is? So a couple of weeks ago, I'm like listening to radio and TNT, yeah. and like everyone's like, "Oh, is James? Is you know this person? Is I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, I don't know. So why are we arguing this? Why are we just not giving it to him? He was out. So if he had been out there for five more minutes on a game. Yeah, it's potential. He could have, like, 13 assists and 12 rebounds in addition to, like, 35 points. 
Maybe. I maybe I'm extrapolating too much, but I, I mean, sure. he was only out there for 35 minutes out of a 48 minute game. Right. Each night, and he would put up 30, 10, and 10. Right. He's my MVP, not just for the numbers. Because James has numbers too, but to right. what you said. Right. He has also... He's, his guts. His heart is just nasty. Like, he, he goes out James? there... James? No. Um, Westbrook. Westbrook. Okay, I was about to say, like, uh... No, no, no. Westbrook, and they <laughs> like asked him... Did you it. see what they asked him uh, before the series with Houston? Because they know James and he used to play together. Mm-hmm. And they knew each other, apparently, since they were, like, 10. Yeah, they, they played in the... That... Small oh, ball. No. AAU or something? AAU. Yes. A- Right? Um, is, it, or is it called AAU? I think they were in the I AAU. Just, I only care about NBA. This is really bad. I should really care about other things, too. But anyway. Well, yeah, but that's like junior basketball. That's like high school basketball. I know, but, I mean, LeBron used to play for them, and he got scouted and he, picked. Yeah, but he's one out of, like, millions of kids. Thousands. Thousands of kids who play AAU every year. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I don't know. But anyway, um, they asked Westbrook, so, you know, what's it going to be like playing... James Harden yeah. in this series because you guys have history together. Right, You're friends. Right. And he, you hear what he said? No, what did he say? It's probably I something shady as hell. Because he's so... It's Russell. Russell Westbrook is so, such a savage. I, like, <laughs> I implore everyone to just go on Instagram no and just search Russell no Westbrook or feelings. Shade because... He Ugh. gives zero crap about what anyone thinks, and he's like, so, next? And like, that's what you left him for. And he goes, he says, uh, I don't have any friends on the basketball court. Oh, I, I friend- do remember yeah. this. I do remember this. The only friend I have on the basketball court, his name is Spalding. <laughs> or, or Wilson. The name of the basketball, the brand is Spalding. Or Wilson sometimes. Oh, I and, do remember uh, that. We did talk about this. Yeah, a he's like, ago, just yeah. me and the basketball. And that's, I, I appreciate that. And he, he comes out. Like this dogged determination. When they asked Stephen Curry, mm-hmm. who used to be the, the MVP, MVP of the past year. two seasons, he won, mm-hmm. and they asked him, "Who do you think should be the MVP?" He said James Harden. And then they asked Russell Westbrook, "Hey, Steph Curry said this." And he said, "Who's that, right?" He said, "Who's who's he? <laughs> who's he?" <laughs> Russell. So, so I think one of the reasons why I also like Russell Westbrook is because he reminds the way he plays ball and his attitude towards it. Yeah. Reminds me of what yeah, we grew up watching. Okay, that era of the 90s. That era of the 90s. So, you know, we'll talk about the 90s a lot, because, yeah. you know, I just have a lot of feelings about the 90s. But it 90s just, was a was a really good decade. Yeah. I'm like, sorry. I mean, y'all, I mean, I mean I, I'm all about stuff, living it. I love, stuff, I mean, there's a lot of bad things. that. I mean, there's right. a lot of bad things that happen all the time, but, right. I mean, you're, I think you're always just nostalgic we about your s- childhood. Yeah, we had a and, surplus. Yeah. Yeah. That went out the window. We got that, you know. We got Bill in the office playing his saxophone. Who was arguably the first black president? Really? Well, are we really going to say that? That's what was I, said before, <laughs> before number because, forty-four. Wait, because he was playing jazz saxophone. Not just jazz saxophone, but he was on the Arsenio Hall show. Oh, playing well, jazz yeah. saxophone. And Arsenio, I mean, that was a strategic political move. Yeah, of course. Come on now. This he, is this before he, before he became president. This was during his campaign. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I, mean, I, I liked Bill. Well, at the time, I liked Bill. Now I know more things about Bill. But you know yeah. what? Nobody's perfect. A man. Men. <laughs> or a woman. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the, <laughs> that was a ba- bad joke. Yeah, yeah we, we were all there. We were with you. <laughs> no, um, <we> were. <laughs> d- d- uh, Russell, where were we? Russell. I mean, he just reminds me... He reminds oh, me of this Bulls. 90s Bulls. I thought you were going to say Kobe. Mm. Yes. 
But I also, he's not a ball hog like Kobe, so. And, you know, some people, there are some critics of Russell out there mm-hmm. who would say he's such a ball hog and very selfish. You don't get 10.5 assists a I game. Don't know, I'm just like, don't understand. Words mean things. Uh, Crystal West from The Read says that a lot. And I have, mm-hmm. your, girl, I have your sweatshirt. I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also welcome to come to the show because I know you love sports and I'd love to talk to you about it. That'd be fun. Um, but... Words mean things, y'all, and data means things. Like Are numbers you talking about mean the numbers. Things. The numbers mean like why your numbers need to match your words. Like, uh, I don't we, understand. We'll get into numbers when we talk about. We could talk about other. Let's just touch on that real quick. Right. The four the four players, right? That were in contention for the MVP. The MVP. For some reason, they said this was the year of the most contentious MVP. Mm season. I don't know, but the four were Westbrook, Harden, LeBron James, mm-hmm. and Kawhi Leonard of the San Antonio Spurs. Yes. If you look at the numbers... He's quiet and mighty. Kawhi Leonard. Quiet and mighty, but his numbers don't size up to the no. three. No. What he does for the Spurs is unquestionably important. I mean, to have Pop as your coach, to be yeah. in the same like league... In the same team as Tim Duncan, right. and and that whole like, the whole Spurs organization is just run, yeah, very well, and so, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, leadership. Attitude reflects leadership, and I think and Pop is old school. Yeah, supposedly he doesn't even have a computer in his yeah, office. Yeah, so we have someone that we work with at Met Pop that mm. told us that. Um, that Pop is like you know pen and paper on everything, mm-hmm. he, and. There's a reason, not saying that, like, everything old is, like, the best, but, like, I think there's a, I don't know, there's just something about Popovich that I just am really, I really appreciate and respect. Um, Both him and Steve Kerr are definitely up there currently for me as far as some of the best coaches in the league currently. But you like them not just because of the X's and O's. No, I mean, they're great coaches. I I will give it that. For sure. But I think they, as, uh, when I think about... um, the police brutality that's been happening um, for many years. It's been happening mm-hmm. forever. We just now have cameras that catch it. Right. Um, Some of us have better cameras than others. Yeah. Like I my- have my LG4 POS. <laughs> <laughs> you have your iPhone 7 with two Plus. cameras. Plus. She got the bigger iPhone. <laughs> she got- I, folks, uh, let's uh, have a campaign for Alex getting back to the iPhone world. We'll talk about this on another day, late day, time. Um, but no, so I don't like them just for their X's and O's. I like them because, mm-hmm. you know, and I appreciate them as being cis, straight, male, white men. Yeah. You know, they... We, we, we should explain. I think people get everything. Maybe they don't get cis. Okay. C-I-S. C-I-S. Break that down. Cis is basically, I mean, I don't want to mess up the the definition, but it's essentially you're not transgender. You are, mm-hmm. you are assigned a, a sex at birth mm-hmm. and you identify with that sex that it was given to your you. Gender and your gender expression. Your gender expression matches the sex assigned to you at yes. birth. Yes, um, So that's what cis means. So I'm a cis female, you're a cis male. Right. Um, and if you're not those things, you are transgender. Yeah, so you're supposed to, birth assigned sex, female, mm-hmm. so you're supposed to be more feminine. feminine. Right. And I'm supposed to be more masculine because 
I was born with a wee-wee. You were born with... Genitalia. I think earlier today uh, I said, you have a pee-pee. A pee-pee. <laughs> I, I had the... Apparently we're five years old and not 30. Um. That's... If, man, never mind. There's the way that we describe... We have hand signals for sex, and it's not what you would think. <laughs> and that is all thanks to our friend Jacob. That's, yeah, Jacob. <laughs> Shout out to you, Jacob. We yeah. love you. Um, but no, so I think... As cis, male, white male, um, heterosexual, mm-hmm. very powerful men in the very league. Powerful. Running some of the, two of the, two of like, one of the best, two of the best, not the best, but really, really good mm-hmm. teams on the in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Both of them came out and talked about how what was going on in yeah. our world, specifically with police brutality, was not okay. Pop, I was, I remember... I think I sent this to you. I remember watching this video of him. Yeah. It was, you know, and Pop Popovich is known to be very, like, short with his interviews. He gives zero crap about what anyone thinks. He's mm-hmm. like, I, my job is to coach, not to, you know, toot your horn and talk about the yeah. stupid, and answer the stupid questions. He's not generous have. with words. No, he's very, he's very, he's very um, particular with the words he chooses to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and... This is one of the first times I'm like he's saying more than three words. Yeah. Like, and wasn't he at a? Was he at an auditorium with high school kids? It was, no, it was I something. I, it was. I don't know if it was after a I game or something. Whatever it was, he was surrounded by several, you know, reporters, and they're saying. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're asking him yeah, yeah. something about something about like oh the police brutality that's been happening. This happened about mm-hmm. around this time maybe last year. I mm-hmm. would even say, and you know this is again after. Eric Garner and Mike Brown and just and yeah. the myriad of other, you know, black men, women, and transgender folks being yeah. being hurt and killed um, due to police brutality and gun violence, too, you know? And P- Popovich, Greg Popovich, the coach, the head coach of older the white, Spurs. Old, old white man. Old white man, white beard. Like, if I saw him, I'd be like, you're another white dude. You mm-hmm. know, like, yeah. um, I wouldn't think much of you, but he said, you know... I think there. I think this is messed up. And there. And he. He said something so poignant that I was so appreciative of. He's like, there are things that my black friends. He said, mm-hmm. my black friends have had to have conversations with their sons and daughters right. that I never would have to have with my children. Specifically, how to speak to authority, how to act, how to. And not saying like I think obviously as both of us as being people of color, our parents have had conversations about like how to act and things like mm-hmm. that. And not saying white people don't have those conversations either. Mm. But particularly when someone says do something and they have a gun and gun, you know, on their hip, you wanna you wanna listen to them, you wanna be respectful. You have to be extra respectful. Um, you have to do, be better than your best. Yeah. And you that's, know? And and that's those the are, unfair part about it. Right. And that's the world that we live in, right? Yeah. And so and I think this is why I appreciate the NBA because the NBA, and I think we've talked about this a lot too, mm-hmm. where the NBA is a league that is oftentimes ahead of all the other leagues that are out there. The American there. League. The American League specifically. Yeah. You know, we have an assistant coach that's a female in... Um, Becky Ham. Be- Becky Ham. Um, from, uh, also under Popovich. She's, she works mm-hmm. with the Spurs. Um, and a lot of people think when he leaves, she'll take over the reins. She's there. going we'll to see. be She's going to be a head coach somewhere. at some point mm-hmm. somewhere. If it's with the Spurs they'd be lucky to have her, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, they've won a championship with her um, in the D-League. Yeah. So at least there's that. Um, you know, you've had the first openly gay player playing. 
Jason Collins. Yeah, playing in the league. Again, he's not, like, the star of the NBA, but it it existed and he was welcome. Yeah. First time to have a female ref. Yeah, yeah. Um, They've had... Two. Two. I think they had two. They've had two. Viola and... uh, I don't remember. Yeah. There's a lot of noise going on outside. But then then also the first openly gay referee Mm -hmm. and Bill Kennedy. Right. And people have gotten in trouble saying saying words to him. And we don't do that. And we don't do that. And those people have gotten fined or suspended for doing yeah. those things. And at first, when Bill was deciding mm-hmm. to come out or not, whether or not to come out, one of the people he talked to first, or at some point during mm-hmm. his decision, um, was Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. And Greg said, as brave and gutsy as I know you to be, mm-hmm. you better get out there mm-hmm. and be your authentic self. Mm-hmm. You you deserve it and you should. Mm-hmm. And I will expect nothing less of the kind of quality human being that I know you to be. So Greg was out there encouraging his friend, a a man of color who identifies as gay, Mm -hmm. to be out there in this hyper-masculine environment as his true self. And like when we were in the playground, how many times did we hear things that we probably shouldn't have been hearing or saying, right? Right. Like from the F word to be like, oh, you're so gay or like stop being a sissy. Mm -hmm. Like these are things that, you know, we heard growing up, and I know I've had to unlearn and as I've gotten older mm-hmm. and things. And I think what I, what is so important if you consider yourself an ally to any sort of marginalized group is to use your voice. If you should feel something when, when your kin, your human kin, yeah. is, human kin yeah. is feeling any sort of hurt or pain, when you see a kid be shot down... Mm. Within seconds, in Ohio, a kid, a twelve-year-old kid, Tell to me, right? Yeah, yeah, being shot down. You should feel something about that. Oh yeah. Regardless of like, you should know that that's not okay. That's an and, empathy that should be universal. Right, but empathy is hard. Yes, it is. And I think that's what. And I think, I, I, you know, I think about the work that we do in our like day jobs, yeah. and the students that we get to see, and the people that we get to impact, that. You know, that is something that is lacking in our world of just, like, being gracious. Like, I can I can look at a police officer and be like, I know your job is hard. Oh, yeah. And I, w- I, could I wouldn't nev- want to do I that. I would never want to do that, but I appreciate what you're doing. But yeah. I want you to know you're flawed just like I am. Mm. And when you see a certain type of person that looks a certain type of way, you have initial things that you think of them. Yeah. Right? If I see a big black man walking towards me, if I clench my purse a little bit closer to me there are reasons why my body did that because I was taught those things mm-hmm. by somebody at some point in my life that oh big black men are scary yep right and so and as a 30 year old in my 20s in my late teens and 20s and now I've had to unlearn that and be like no that's not the case you know like mm-hmm. that's not true yeah. um and having to unlearn that and then not only unlearning that, but then helping my community unlearn that too. Yeah. But then now that's the burden that we need to have for one another. And if you have all this power as a cis white male and Popovich does that, he's like, I have this power. And the one time I'm going to say more than three words is going to be when it matters. And he does that. And I think that, that makes me really proud. Steve Kerr has done the same thing Mm -hmm. where he, He's also just such a good guy. I hope your back is feeling better, Coach Kerr. Yeah, I know you had some headaches and all that. Yeah. So, like, he's 
I'm sure he's listening to our first episode. Right, absolutely. But mm-hmm. Because we're that cool. Because I'm just going to send it to him. Clearly. <laughs> I watched all your games that you've ever played. Just saying. Wait, even with the Spurs? <laughs> yes. Oh, you watched it when you played with the Spurs? Yes. Did you watch all of the Bulls who went to go play another? Scotty in yes. Houston? Yes. Did you watch Luke in Phoenix? Yes. I'm not proud of it, but I really love them. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it was sad to see the Beatles break up. And the Bulls, too. Yeah. It was, it was hard. Yeah. It but was, uh, it was Steve, a, it was weird. progressive, mm-hmm. not only on that front, but he was the first coach that I can remember who came out in support of medicinal marijuana. What? Oh, you know, actually, yes. that makes sense, too, because he has back problems. I'm sure he, he Because up. of the back problem. Yeah. And he, he's in California. Yeah. So they were like, you need to take this for the headaches and, mm-hmm. like, there's some, like, fluids So he was out the stuff. last game because yes. of his back, because he's, like, his back because he was out for a whole season. Yeah, he was, he was out for half, half the season. Half the season last yeah. year. Yeah. Because he had back surgery. And, like, messing with your back is no joke. I've had family members who've had back surgery. It is, it if it goes wrong and if you, and the pain management, like, it sucks. It's not a fun yeah, situation. Yeah, anytime you're dealing with a spine, that's, it's a scary. No, that's a no-fail situation. Yeah. You gotta get that right. Yeah. Um, Animal, like, for humans or animals. I have a dog, for those of you who don't know, and... He had back surgery last oh, yeah, year. Yeah, we never introduced the third person <laughs> our in podcast. our studio. It's Wrigley he's, down here. He's currently underneath us playing dead. You will very rarely hear Wrigley, <laughs> if at all, because he's such a well-behaved young man, dog. <laughs> young dude. Bean. He's a bean. Living, 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 bean. living being. Um, but yeah, Steve Kerr was progressive in that way too of coming out. In the, I don't remember if he got fined or not, but I definitely know the league reached Wasn't out to so him. Great like, about like oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> Maybe give us a couple <laughs> years. We've done a lot with LGBTQ <laughs> rights. We've done a lot for women. We're, we're pushing that. Oh, they also have the WNBA. Oh, why would which? I which mean, I mean. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'll, I'm let a, t- I'll let you talk about it. I'm as, gonna <laughs> as the as the person with. The bajingo in the group. I want to invite um, <laughs> Candace Parker, <laughs> Leslie. Uh, you're welcome to come on either one of you at any time. Um, as the as Lisa the, Leslie. As the be. I was going to say Lisa Leslie. Oh, um, and um, uh, Rebecca Lobo. Yeah. Just got into the Hall of Fame. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, she got uh, congratulations. She and Tracy McGrady and some other people got in. Uh, very cool. The invites. Very cool. Very cool. No, I mean like the WNBA. At least it is. It, at least it exists. Um, I think that's important because it doesn't exist in baseball or football. Mm-hmm. American football. Yes, American football. Um, it does exist exist in soccer. Which yeah. shout out to the American uh, the women's team who wanted equal pay, and I think I believe they got it. Did that it. finally happen? I think so. I know that I know that was a thing, but we may have to Google that. But There's either way, when I think about the NBA, I'm really I'm really grateful for. I think that was also as a as a young woman growing up and mm-hmm. like as a young girl trying to still figure out as we all are our identity we never it never really stops but as, especially in that formative time in, in the 90s when I was a young person I was you know it was so important for me to see you know people doing cool things that looked like me or could look like me in mm-hmm. some way um and again where I lived you weren't you were either white or black so I was considered more black than I was white even though I know I'm not black by any stretch of the imagination, but in um, the Midwest, there's a big binary. System. Yeah, it's a very it's very binary, yeah. um, and if and I think that is broken down quite a bit more. You're, now you're like white, black, or brown, and the brown is not as broken down as it can be. Um, but anyway, so wait, I think, when you moved to New York, uh-huh. what did people 
associate you as ethnically? I don't know. I mean, I don't think I look Indian. I mean, you... People have thought you were, like, Middle Eastern. Yeah. I mean, I was born in the Middle East. Well, let yeah, me ask you, when you met me, what did you think Indian. I was? Indian. I wouldn't look at you. <laughs> do you remember? Okay, so this story <laughs> so, is really funny. Do you want me to tell the story? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Why are you looking away from me? Just look at me when I say this story, dude. I can't. <laughs> so Alex was interviewing for the place that I that we currently work at. And I was in the room, and before Alex came to come for this interview, everyone was, like, boasting about this, like, man, this Alex guy, he's so amazing. And, and also they were like, oh, he's so cute. And I'm just like, all right, that's great. Can, mm-hmm. he, can I work with him? Like, is he a good person to work with? Is he a cool person? And so there was one person in particular that, like, loved you. Oh, um, yeah. Christina. Yeah. Christina. Christina Walsh, we love oh, you. Oh, Christina. <laughs> um, I miss her. I know, I miss her, too. She moved all the way out to the, the West to, Coast. Yeah. Oregon. Is it Oregon or yeah. Washington? She's Oregon. I, I mix both of them. She's, I she's between, she was close to Salem. Oh. But uh, she is between Portland and Salem, okay. I think. But uh, it's, I pronounce it Oregon if you're going to be on my case because I didn't say Oregon. I it's just, Oregon. I played Oregon Trail. Some people... People played Oregon Trail. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what They got is. typhoid. I don't know. So, long story short, everyone's telling me how amazing this person is. And I was like, all right, let me Google him. So I did. And I found some things. I'm like, oh, you went to India. That seems interesting. Mm. So I don't know if I ever told you that. I did Google you to be like, who are no, you? No, I think you did. And so he comes to this interview and he, you know, looking great. I'm just like, all right, they're right. He's I, not ugly. I chose the green tie. Yeah. You didn't look White ugly. White shirt. You did. Yeah. Was it purple tie? I might have worn... Pr- no, you didn't I wear purple because I would have judged you for that. Yeah, okay. Because I'm like, you don't need to wear purple. Yeah. Because of the school colors of where of where we work. If we're going to put it out there, sure. <laughs> but anyway, um, back to... back to that out. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Okay, okay. Um, and so he comes into this interview, he sits down, and, I, and he's sitting, sitting at the head of the table, and I'm sitting to your left. You're at my left. I'm at your left, and there's other people you, kind of around in this conference table. You're about... Oh, like two feet from me. Yeah, like I'm, we, like, I'm about this far right. away from you. Yes. And Can they, we're I mean, about two feet from each other, just for the record. Is it about two feet? Maybe three. I think it's about three. Arm's length. Arm's length away from each other. So I'm essentially right next to this guy, and I'm just like, all right. There's like seven people at the table besides me. Right, right. And so, yeah. and but we're all judging closest. you, and I am yes. the closest. Yes. And I think I'm super friendly. I have a very pleasant face, I like to sure. think. Um, I asked my questions very thoughtfully. You did. And, you did. And I have a nice tone. A nice tone to my voice. Your cadence is great when you ask C- questions. Cadence is great. This mofo would not look at me. Well, the question. <laughs> you didn't say the question. I don't remember what the question we was. We went through. We went through all the questions on the script, and then this one guy we work with, who I didn't know at the time, but. I also stalked all of you before I came to the interview. Uh, so you knew I was Oh, I knew everybody. <laughs> I knew everybody at the table. I went on the website. I read your profiles. I looked at the pictures. So when I stepped into the room, I saw the faces, and I was like, I know where you've worked in the past. I know your hobbies and interests. And so I sat there. So basically, you're a big old stalker. Oh, I... I planned the hell out of my visit. You, oh, I was I was on point. Oh, I was. I was you on, did it. You clearly got the job. I, thank you. So I and now having been on the other side, I get how tough it was to go through that process. Sure. But I, uh, they asked me a question that wasn't on the script, mm-hmm. as this one colleague of ours is apt to do, and he said, "What's one thing that's not something not on your resume or that we haven't asked you that you're particularly proud of?" Right. 
And that was that is a good question. It's a great question. Yeah. I've stolen that question for other interviews too. Um, I took a second to think. Also, not looking at me. By the way, you didn't really look at me throughout the interview too. Oh, really? Yeah. I like made note of it. I'm just like, why when is you, this dude? Looking? When you ask me a question, like I, I well, I would ask you a question. You would look at me when I asked you the question, right. and you did the right thing by like like looking at me and like you know digesting what I'm telling you. Right. But then you would look at other people. But then you would you would really very rarely come back to me. I, I remember like noting I think, that. I really. I think, yeah. I feel like I was. I don't trying know if I made you to, nervous. <laughs> uh, I think I was trying to be polite to look at everyone. I did the same thing too at my. That was Other the third interview. round interview. Mm-hmm. The second round interview when I was still at the uh, the site, mm-hmm. uh, at the conference, uh, there were three people interviewing me, which yep. was the most I had ever had. Yes. Two of them were taking notes. One of them was, was not. The one who was really in control was not taking notes. Yep. <laughs> As okay. If you ever notice and you look at pictures of like the president, mm-hmm. like Obama, you never saw him on a computer. No, nope. he's not taking time. notes. Everyone no. else is. You deliver something that's already printed out. He writes on it, takes some scribbles and all that he's stuff. He's like, do this, do this. Right. He just has conversations. He doesn't have any technology at his disposal. He tells you what to type. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this the one person in control is not taking any notes. So I had to shift between the two people asking me the questions and this and one person who who's didn't, not saying anything. didn't even ask a question <laughs> or take any notes. She's just staring at me and making faces. They were po- seemed to be positive faces. Right. But I was like... Again, you got the job. Yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, that's all that matters. My eyes try to shift around the room to give people equal attention, even if you're not doing anything. Right. So anyway... So you asked this question, a really great question. Yeah, asked the question, and I, uh, and I thought to myself, okay, in graduate school... I received this uh, very nice grant from uh, an organization, a foundation there I applied for, to let me do two months of research in India, the country of India, to research the the old caste system, long story mm-hmm. short. If you're not familiar with, like, Hindu culture, there's a caste system of top brass is, like, the Brahmin caste, mm-hmm. and you go all the way down the pyramid, and then outside of the whole structure... The people that were formerly known as the Untouchables, the the term now is Dalit, mm-hmm. and um, actually I think Reza Aslan's new series, Believer on CNN, yeah, touches I'm, on this a I little bit. I think he bit. does, yeah. I think I'm not sure where he that just started, so yeah. I want actually want to get into that. I don't watch any TV, but that I do want to watch. Well, now you have an option too. I do. Oh yes, it's very um, exciting. He asked me about that, and so I said India, and I researched Dalit artists. So I reached out to people who were in the north of India, the south of India, via the internet machine. Mm-hmm. I love the 21st century just for the internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we connected, and they invited me over, so I got to go to their homes, their studios, and I filmed about seven interviews, mm-hmm. and then I made a documentary out of a few of them and put them on exhibition when I came back to the States. Wait, you have a documentary? I did two. They're like 24 minutes each. I want to watch them. I'll get them out somewhere. They're on like some... I yeah. need I need to watch that. All right. So mind you, so he's talking about this and he's talking about where my family is from. Like yes. you're talking about Kerala, one the, India. One of them is from Kerala. Yeah. Yeah. And we were in uh Kotayam. 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 Nope. 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 <laughs> I don't pass. I do not qualify. As I just an wanna Indian. say I just wanna say Alex watches way more Bollywood movies than I do. And if I could be And in, your Hindi is better than mine because I don't like I don't watch any Bollywood. My Hindi's rusty now. It is, but but, but you were in Kotam and you were Kortem. in You're yes. in Kotam and you were in Cochin. Where else were you? Yeah, at? Uh, Goa. Yeah, but that's I mean Bangalore, Bangalore. Um 
Mumbai, mm-hmm. Delhi for a long time. You know, my dad was in Delhi for a long time too. Yo, Delhi is raw. Mm-hmm. If you want to, man, if you're from the United States and you really want a different kind of cultural experience, just go to Delhi <laughs> and be there for a good while. Yeah. It'll, it'll test a lot of things. But once you get adapted to it, I loved it. India is, India is my favorite place I've ever been. And I went to Patna out in the east mm-hmm. and I would go back to, uh, I'd love to see, what was the former capital? Wasn't it the capital at one point? New uh, Delhi? No, out in the east. Um, mm. Calcutta. Oh. Was it never the capital? It was never the capital. It's no. always been Delhi. It's, yeah, that's what I'm like, anyway, I don't think so. I think I just think I it could was be the, very rusty. I could be very wrong. I'm not a very good Indian. I'm sorry. I think <laughs> I just think that because I think Dalsim from Street Fighter was from Calcutta. Wow. wow. There goes my uh, Midwestern <laughs> childhood rearing its head. Um, so, yeah, Delhi's the capital of India, just to be clear. And so I loved India. I told him that was my answer. And so while I'm giving this answer about India, I'm acutely aware <laughs> that, that the a- only Indian person in the room is sitting at arm's length away from me and is staring back. Da- I didn't know she was staring daggers. I, I was so kind. Was it, I not? Yeah, yeah, but everyone is in the room because you're in an interview. Then you leave and everyone talks about you. Well, everyone so loved you. I, I was trying to be so bulletproof in my answer so as to all the other people who I I know were everyone, mostly Caucasian. They were mostly Caucasian. Mo- mostly yeah. Caucasian. So if there I were say, some other people of color in there, too. Yeah, but you're the yeah. only one who's definitely Indian yeah. in my... And, Perspective, right? And and if if I say anything, mm-hmm. they're all they're all like, okay, good answer, right? But oh, I you're could, my fact checker. But I could be like, this mofo was lying, right? So if I leave, <laughs> you're gonna blow my cover. So I'm like being very careful with the r- words that I choose and not making it about my perspective as much as like. Actually, maybe it was more about my perspective instead of like facts. I don't remember exactly how I framed it. I mean, I just remember as you know, again, the the token Indian person in the room. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing, but like as the only Indian person in the room, I was like, "Huh, I'm impressed with this dude." Okay, good. So, yeah. so I, I, I wasn't offended. Clearly, I wanted to be your friend I once cleared. you got here. Yeah. So we, yeah, we talked about that. Was our first real interaction? That was the first one, and, and then we many became, more after that, and then many more, and we became very good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what people like. I, like I think I've gotten when I was in Chicago, people thought I was Italian, and I was just like, I don't see that. What? Yeah. That's, okay, that's the thing about the Midwest. Mm-hmm. People don't know things, I think. They don't know <laughs> things. Like, if you're not black or you're white... Everything else is, like, very confusing. Right. Now, like, when I was in Albany Park, it was... It wasn't the best neighborhood, but it wasn't the worst just yet. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was getting... It was... It could have gotten there. Um, but we also had... So, it was, like, literally split up into this, like... It was white, black... And by white, it was very... There wasn't lots of black... Um, white people in our mm-hmm. in our neighborhood. It was mostly black, Hispanic, like la- Latino, Latinas, mm-hmm. the Latinx community. Um, and then there were Desi folks. Most of them were North Indian. And so they all spoke Hindi. They were all Hindu. And then there was me, who was this South Asian, South, in- South Indian Christian, doesn't speak a lick of Hindi, but I'm fluent in Malayalam. That's right. You know, and so like, that's right. so where do I fit in all of that was always something that was very confusing. And I think that's always been like a theme for me where like, where do I fit? Uh, which I think is a theme for anybody. Like, where do I fit in? Like, where do I sit in the cafeteria? You know? Depending on where you went to school. Yeah. Because if you grow up in a very homogenous environment. You, doesn't matter. You sit with who you sit with. Yeah. I mean, you sit with like a, maybe like a niche of 
your homogenous. Someone said this the other day. I was having a discussion, and they said it shouldn't be an excuse of ignorance anymore because for you to be prejudiced or averse to mm-hmm. certain groups because Google is free. Yeah. But then I also thought, but okay, not internet but, isn't free for everybody. Uh, yes, true. But if you have access to internet, it doesn't mean you have access to the right question, though. Yeah. So if you live in a homogenous environment where mm-hmm. everyone in your town mm-hmm. is, we'll just think of like middle America, rural Nebraska. I'm just right. going to pick on Nebraska right now. Mm-hmm. White, supposedly heterosexual, heter- heteronormative, mm-hmm. mostly Christian. Right. And you don't have people from a- the Asian continent. Right. When they meet you for the first time, it's, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't know where to sit in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Some people might invite you. Some people would be, people, or they're just curious. They want to touch my hair or, like, my face. Yeah, the hyper interest. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's also, like, like we, we were in Delaware this past weekend for a friend's wedding, which was so amazing. Yeah. Um, and I was with a white, like, a white friend, and mm-hmm. a Filipino, I thought about Filipino this. friend, and me... And, like, there were there were people of color that we saw, like, at the outlet mall and stuff. But when we would just, like, get coffee and stuff, it was so evident that people were... Like, I was so aware of my brownness when I walked around. Oh, yeah. But do you remember how nice people were to us when we got yeah, there? Yeah, people were so nice. You you we, you live in New York long enough, you forget. <laughs> Our, like, I, I realized that I've become a lot more, like... Nasty. Uh, I don't <laughs> say... We should say... We're, we're gonna give New Yorkers a bad name. I don't think we're... No, we're not we're, rude. No, we're just. We're mean. No, we're just very fast paced, and we know what we want. Very direct. <laughs> we're you're just very, very direct. You're very real with yourself, and you're real with others. And there's not much time for pleasantries. Yeah. Outside of that. Yeah. You treat people kindly. Of course. But you don't waste time. When someone them. asks me like directions, I will give it to them. Oh, I love giving yeah. directions. That's my favorite. It's my favorite. He's like, oh, you're in New York, and you don't know where to go. Yeah. This can be a confusing place. We've all been there. Let's let's help you. Let's you help take each a other second. out. You take a second to help your fellow human. But anyway, I was just to say, like, in a homogenous environment, you would just sit at the cafeteria with people who look like you. Yeah. Because everyone looks like you. Yeah, but it's like, growing up for there, you. It's like that book. Um, why are all the black kids sitting yep. together in the yep. cafeteria? Who Is wrote that, that again? Wallace Hindout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, I'm, I don't know if that's the exact title, though, let me. I, I haven't read it, but I've heard really good things about it. Why are... Why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria, colon, and other conversations about race? Mm. It is, it's a, a who's, uh, Beverly Daniel Tatum. It's only nine sixty one on Amazon. That's in my Amazon cart. Has been for a while. I'm working through, my Amazon cart's deep. It is deep. It's not, is I don't it? have time to read all those. You need to do Audible. Audible, we'd love to have you sponsor our Sponsored podcast. Sponsored by, <laughs> you'll have to pay for us to say the name. Uh, no, that is how I'm getting most of my books now. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think about all of these things when I think about, you know, I think both of us grew up in very different homes and very different communities. Um, and not as maybe as homogenous as maybe other parts of our country, specifically in America. Um, but I think of like, you know, when we say like white privilege exists and people argue about it, like a person like Bill O'Reilly, who says like, I don't think white privilege exists because Asian privilege exists because all these Asians are doing well and not really understanding the history behind the model minority myth. I'm shaking and, my head so hard. <laughs> but like, so, and like, as we all know, uh, Bill O'Reilly is gone from Fox News. Uh, thank God. 
um, for being kind of a misogynistic asshole. I mean, I, I mean that's like Basically. the nicest way I can say that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, there's a, a section of this country who elected 45. I will not say his name, by the way. She's talking about the 45th president of the United States. Right. I will not Go say ahead. his name. That is my way of protesting. Who elected 45. She's going to do this for four years. Um, I... Probably less, because I hope it doesn't last that long. And that's I just hope he to gets say impeached. That I hope he gets impeached, and or he just is, and I honestly... Or frankly, resigns himself. I think he'll resign just because he's tired of doing the job. I don't I think he's too much pride he's, to do that. I think he cares so too much about... bad at it. The New York Times put out a piece today about the first 100 days of... I haven't read it yet, but you Ms. told me. I, I, I breezed through it, and the numbers, since we started recording the first 100 years mm-hmm. of a presidency... Mm-hmm. Back with... Uh, you mean the 100 days? First 100 What did days? I say, 100 years? Yeah, because that doesn't make sense. That's a long term. We're only like FDR. 200 years old. <laughs> Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, <laughs> way back in the day during the New Deal mm-hmm. era, established the idea of the first 100 days of presidency. He served three terms. I don't know how he got away with that, but we Never kind of measure... Again. We measure someone by their first 100 days as kind of like a forecast for how it's going to go the rest of the four years. Mm-hmm. And statistically... 45 is the worst we've had. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So. So, I mean, so you're thinking about a section of the world that elected 45, who listens to a very, like, specific way of news baiting, as I'd like to call Fox News. Yes. Same thing, I think CNN and MSNBC also does news baiting in the le- on the left side, too. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like, this is the world that we live in where it takes so much for a rapist to be, or a, someone who sexually harasses people to be president or a news anchor to be, like, taken down. I just don't understand this world that we're living in. I think it's just laziness. I think people just genuinely don't want to feel responsible for making those decisions. But, I think... It, but it, half... Well, I mean, not the majority, because the majority, let's... voted for somebody else. We but. get to... You know what it is? It's an age of distraction. Yeah. So, if I'm the executive in charge mm-hmm. at Fox News, mm-hmm. and I know that we've had multiple settlements of $13 right. million dollars to keep this to uh, keep anchor in place... Mm-hmm. Because uh, he brings ratings. Cause at the end of the day, it's 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 he's number it's one money. for like fifteen years. It's all it is is about money. This yes. is always, always, always about money. I have enough money generated from this one person. So I so thirteen million is nothing. It's, it's chunk it's, change. It's really pennies. Yeah. So they can come with whatever they want legally. Right. We will still be a powerhouse. And if people are upset today, that's how. Well, we'll go back to Bill. Bill Cosby had been in the news mm-hmm. for these cases for years, if not decades. Right. And it was only when he was generating as much revenue as he was right. at the height of his, his time, you couldn't get him out of the hot seat. This guy's no, like money. He was all he's, over. He's Vegas. He's just right. like just flowing cash to whoever he's working for. Right. But now he's retired. He's an older man. Mm-hmm. He's not you, as funny. Not as funny, and you have to, in the age of social media, mm-hmm. you have to keep up. Someone, you have to keep up, and, and he's not doing but that. They could look, the people who were protecting him before could say, 
Our ratings are high. People like these. And these we're getting shows. money out of this. We're getting money. People yeah. will forget about it. You have to be so... You have to be so powerful mm-hmm. in the 21st century to get somebody like Bill O'Reilly, Bill Cosby, I'm going to stick with Bill's, Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. in any way in hot water because you have to beat out trends on Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, and CNN and all the major news networks have to agree that this story is powerful enough to make it their headline. Yeah. I'm still blown away that Michael Brown and Ferguson... I'll just mention this. For the record, I grew up in Florissant, Missouri, sister city to Ferguson. So I grew up in North County around the Ferguson area. And it was just a normal neighborhood growing up. And mm-hmm. for it to be the one that was chosen. Mm-hmm. As you say, black men have been killed for, across the United for God knows decades and years the and centuries. Of time. Right. Yeah. And so it happens across Chicago, it happens across St. Louis, yeah. it happens across Seattle and New York. Right. Miami and everywhere in between. So for that to be chosen as the place where the Black Lives Matter movement started mm-hmm. and it beat out social media trends mm-hmm. on that, I think it was a Sunday, I think it's just sheer phenomenon. Yeah. I have other theories, but I think just like it was dumb luck phenomenon that this one But you know what? Instance, I'm okay with that. If it's dumb luck, yeah. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had to be something. So I'm yeah. glad that the impetus happened and I'm glad whatever Bill Riley's thing was... Mm-hmm. Uh, that actually got his butt in the hot seat finally. I'm glad it caught. Yeah, I'm, and it just, it just, you know, I think of for President Barack Obama to be president, he had to be better than his best. He had to in be perfect. In every way. He had to, he had to graduate from Yale, right? He was from Yale and Harvard, right? I think uh, both of those places. Columbia. Wait. President Obama, if you'd ever like to come to the show, I swear we know more about you. Oh. I've read your books. <laughs> I'm waiting for... I haven't read your books. I'm waiting for the book. Yeah. The book that you're, you're writing currently. Million. This dude got... Ugh, so excited. An advance of $60 million. I think George W. got an advance of 15 or $20 million. W? This guy. So he went to Harvard Law. Okay. He graduated from Columbia. Went to Harvard Law. Yes. He was he was working at the University of Chicago Law School. That's where I I knew the okay. Obamas when I used to work there. All right. Back in the day, um, but anyway, um, he had to be like he had to be impeccable. Yeah. Impeccable, and then, you know, and Michelle is his second wife. To be to be fair, if you didn't know, why is your face saying fix your face? <laughs> the folks at home right now can't see my face, <laughs> but you did not, you not know had, that. What you just said to me was the equivalent. This man's been in office for eight years, you and did, I did not know that. You really? What? He was married. I let me let me make sure that I'm not. It's as if you told me that this country is actually legally part of Russia. <laughs> what? You're a dummy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. Oh, I'm fairly certain that he was married before. Find this information. Just Google. Google. Barack Obama, first wife? First wife. Well, that's going to be like first lady. First. Wife. Wife. Come on. Let's see what Google says. We have Barack Obama married in college, question mark. Barack Obama, see, Michelle Obama, Barack Obama was, uh, uh, was asked about his first wife by a woman who took, okay, 
We'll click on this. This is from January the Telegraph. 22nd, 2015, The Telegraph. Barack Obama was asked about his first wife by a woman who took... Okay, I don't okay, need to rest weird. the rest of them. That's weird. Um, uh, the White House did something a little... Uh, no, he was, like, married for, to her, like, for, like, literally a hot second. What is that? How... How many seconds is that? I don't know. I don't remember. There's not enough information here. Um... How old was President Zerndana? What is the... Family and personal life. Glozell. Glozell Green. That sounds right. Remember about his first wife? YouTube star Glozell Green slips up during interview. Oh, okay, no, that's not the name of the wife. Glo- All right, let's... I'm getting so close. We're getting so close. We're going to find this. So we'll, we'll come back to this because... <sighs> yeah, keep I going. I mean, anyway, he had to be... Perfect. He had to have a perfect family. He had to have a perfect marriage. He had to say and do the right thing. The one time he wore a beige suit. Oh, yeah, I remember that. We, people were like, the hell? What's wrong with you? You know? That was like, oh. And again, he wasn't a perfect president. There was a lot of things he could have done better. Sure. Um, Every president. You have to make mistakes as exactly. the president. Exactly. And, like, and I think, you know, there was definitely a romanticizing of him as a, as a president when he when he left, like, his last, like, two months, people were just so sad because 45 was coming and literally the end of the world. Mm. Um, God, and now I'm, like, so annoyed that I can't figure out Every, who this... It's I need someone almost, to, like, Google it to it's, me. And, it's, it's almost intentional. I feel like that the internet is guarding us from finding the name <laughs> because it keeps telling us who asked him the question, but it won't tell us the name. Internet, the one time you're failing us. Oh, come on, Wikipedia. Do this. Obama's first marriage. Come on. Okay, uh, YouTube stunts. I don't know. She told Obama. Okay. This d- anyway. Anyway, he is. I mean, he's great as a, and you know, he's not a perfect person, but he, um, he he had to be as better than anything because of the color of his skin, and and I know a lot of people have lots of thoughts like you know he went by Barry for a long time and he, now he's Barack because he wanted to get that black vote and all these other things and it's like. Oh, God. You know what? If he had to play the politics, he had to play the politics to get where he needed to be. And that's, it is what it is. How many times have we done that in our own work? Wait, whatever? are they saying, people are saying, you've heard people say. Yeah, there's that commentary that. He switched to Barack so he could get the black vote. Or like, so that he could be more black. Because he was raised by a white mother. He doesn't know his like, black, you know, his black side, essentially, or his African side. But they're suggesting that he did that because it was akin to him not that he was trying to get votes. Cuz I, I think would it would not. be I think it would be politically like for him to get votes or something like that. Someone once said that. I don't even remember it who it was. Be, this is something that I read like years ago. Yeah, I would certainly suggest that sticking to Barry. Mm-hmm. When your last name is Obama and your middle name is Hussein is Barry. probably a stronger way to get votes <laughs> in the United States of Anglo-America. Of Anglo-America. Right. True. So, just just my suggestion as far as that goes. But anyway, you have that and then you have 45 who wants to grab women by their pussies because he can. That's what he said. And, you know, he just wants to make, he, you know, anytime I see a beautiful woman, I just want to make out with them. We don't want to make yeah. out with you, That's dude. That's just you, dude. Did you hear that stuff? I heard this. Uh, there was a study done by the university in, a university in, like, Finland. Okay. Or something. 
It was a Nordic country. They suggested, through research, I don't know what kind of research this is, but that Trump's victory Mm -hmm. is the result of him being, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but attractive. What? And I'm... No, no. uh, I unsubscribe to this conversation. No, so we're all all just in dismay. Because I can't in any way I mean, fathom. What are do they? Do I think they what they their, were saying. I, I think, have a really good eye doctor. Do they need to get I, their eyes tracked? We I, have the same eye doctor. LASIK, LASIK, maybe. But I think they were suggesting his personality of supposed charisma. I don't think he's charismatic, but some people think he's charismatic and his just carefree cowboy nature. Mm-hmm. I don't think or hope that they mean physically. I also don't think he's charismatic. I agree. He's I very dumb. I think he thinks he's charismatic. I think he thinks he's a lot of things. I think he thinks Frederick Douglass is his Buddy? good friend. No, it wasn't Frederick Douglass that was his good friend. It was, um... Oh, shoot. Oh, he did do, He did say that, well, but he, he said also said it... Well, but... But he also said, um... Oh, my gosh. Someone I, recently. Yeah, I some composer somewhere. This is the worst. He, oh, 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 it was the like Italian... Ten, the, the Italian composer yeah, or yeah, yeah. musician who died 10 years ago. Pavarotti. Pavarotti. Yes. And that he was, you know, my very good friend. Really? You're good friends with him? You just it's like me just... saying I'm good friends with Idris Elba. You wish. Girl, I wish. wish. No, I would die. Well, he just needs to learn how to use the past participle. <laughs> like, it's, I think it's a grammatical, I hope it's a grammatical <laughs> issue that he only lives in the now. Maybe 45 is going to be our most present president. <laughs> If, I mean, he does. He is on Twitter very often. Can so we get the phone out of his hands, please? So, he's lonely. He's lonely, man. He just needs attention. That's why his daughter is living in the White House, because Ivanka's not live. Not Ivanka. His daughter's Ivanka. Yeah. Um, Melania is not living there. Yeah. <sighs> he, this is the world we live in, y'all. Uh, all right. Sorry, we got off on a hundred days <laughs> of the forty-five. Right. But you were talking about Chicago and growing up. Yeah, I mean... And feeling different. Yeah, but I think feeling different is... You know, when growing up, I didn't like it, because it wasn't fun. But I think now, as I look back, it was something that was... That has made me who I am, and I think, you know... But you couldn't put words to it, probably, then, No. And I don't think I was able to put words to it until maybe even a couple years ago. Mm. You know, because I'm... You know, when you're... And I think if you're in your 20s, and you're still trying to figure things out, and... You know, I think there's a lot of expectations that are of you when, you know, after high school, you go to college. Like, if you're living in this, like, middle-class-esque life in suburbia or whatever, you know, you you go through school, you go through high school, you get good grades, you go to college. You do well in college, you get a job. And after you get a job, you get married. And after you get married, you get children. And and you maybe get promoted. Or then maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. And, like, then after your your first kid, you need to have your second kid. And it's like... None of, like, that's what, you know, you're, like, taught and you're, it's, if that's the only thing that you remember hearing your whole life. Yeah. And then you're going through your 20s and you're, like, this isn't working out the way that I, like, I haven't found my person. (laughs) Or, like, like, finding a job is hard and, like, crap, I need to get a master's to get what I really, you know what I mean? Like, there's, like, there's so much, it's much more complicated and things aren't as cookie cutter. And I think we're living in a world when things aren't going the way that you think it's supposed to go. Like if when I see you, you're a man. So that's what you're supposed to look like. If you 
cross-dress. That's mm. weird. And I, I, I don't know how to... Under, I, I can't understand that. And that's why I can't have people who are transgender in my bathrooms because I feel some kind of way because clearly all they want to do is whip out their stuff and have sex with my children. Are you listening, North Carolina? I mean, there's a reason why the NBA pulled the All-Star Games from your, from your state. I'm just saying. I don't just, know how they're doing economically, but I hope that boycott really hit them where the dollars are. Yeah, I'm still waiting for you, Michael Jordan, to, uh, ah, to go to... Ah, you're going to do that? Hey, I am the <laughs> GOAT. The GOAT being Michael Jordan. I love him, but boo, you said you were going to do something. I would like for you to follow through. Yeah. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, please Google it. Michael Jordan, North Carolina, the band. He said he would take his house, team out. House bill number two. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but speaking of goats, can we talk about Serena Williams, please? Oh, glory. <laughs> She's <laughs> pregnant. She's pregnant. Uh, Serena Williams is having a baby. Yes. Uh, the father is a Reddit CEO. The founder, I believe. Founder. And founder and CEO of Reddit. Yes. Um, who is Armenian. He is Armenian. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read recently that he, she, so she posted on Snapchat like a picture of herself in a yellow bikini, and it all it said was twenty weeks, and her belly was out just a little bit, because you know she's freaking. But she just finished some grand slams, and yeah. first you're like, oh, Whatever. she's been I'm, at Sizzler am, a little bit, right? I'm, it's fine. I'm gonna eat a burger. Yeah. Maybe some fries. Maybe some milkshake. Live a little bit. Live a little bit. Get some. Get get a get into the sun. Get some vitamin D. Right. You know, she said in a um, in an interview with Gail, Oprah's best friend, Gail, we'd also love to have you here. Mm-hmm. I mean, just so I can meet Oprah. And you too, Gail. <laughs> I'm writing down our guest list so far. It uh, is. It's going to be an interesting, interesting <laughs> it was week. It's interesting as our topics. Yeah. Um, so she took the, she said that she posted it by accident. She literally, you know, with social media, specifically on Snapchat, you could she- post it. By accident. She, she said that? So she said that she posted by accident. Her plan was to announce it within five to six days anyway. Oh. But it was just one of those things like, 20 weeks, you're pretty you're pretty safe for 20 weeks. You're, uh, with 20 weeks, I believe you are a little... It's like five months? It's a little less than five, okay. I believe. Because... I don't know no, trimesters. No, it is five. I don't understand trimesters. Because four times five is... Yeah, because four weeks in a month is five months. Mm-hmm. Um, so And trimesters is... The first trimester is the first three months, and that's usually the most. So after the first trimester, you're you're, you're pretty safe. Most people most people tell their families after twelve weeks if they're pregnant. Like most people tell the public okay. because that's like you're, you're you're out of the woods. You're out of the woods. Like you are you are pregnant, and you know hopefully everything goes well. Yeah. Um, and that you have a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. So she says she posted it by accident, and then once it happened, people started realizing that. She yep, was pregnant yep, yep. during the Australian Open and did not miss a set. And you know what? She found out she was pregnant two weeks before she was she went to the Australian Open. So she went to the Australian Open knowing she was pregnant, and she was eight weeks pregnant during the Australian Open. That's not well, how math works. And that's not <laughs> fair, because technically she was playing doubles. <laughs> <laughs> that's not... In the uh, rule books, that's unfair two on one. Um, she won against her sister, so I feel like it's fine. It's all in the family. It's all in the Every, family. Everyone's getting it. Everything's and, blood. <laughs> it's all great. And she, I'm happy for her. Yeah, that's that's really great. She's been a champion atop the standings, the world rankings for, for a, a while, long time. Yeah. And she said something in one of her posts recently of like, uh, I truly feel. 
some kind of peace mm-hmm. or centered or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Anytime some person can yeah. find that. But you're also thinking like, that draws me to the, the idea of female athletes mm-hmm. go through something that men don't have to go through. Ever. No one asks a male athlete after he has a kid, are you going to lose your edge? Mm-hmm. Whereas now she's a mother, is she still going to be like number one atop the rankings? I can already I mean, hear that was it. A, I mean, Gail asked that question of like, like, do you think you'll still play, essentially? Right. Like, something of that nature. And to, her play, answer, did she say play in general or, like, play I to the level? It, it, was, it was an article, so it didn't go exactly to the wording of okay. what Gail said. Mm-hmm. But she was just like, you know, my hope is that my baby will be in the stands while I play and hopefully not crying too much when I play. Good job, I'm Serena. just like, good job, Serena. Um, but I also am just like, if there is ever a question of who is the greatest athlete <laughs> of all time, I would like to know if any male was pregnant while winning... Like, I just, oh, like, it just, I'm so, get it, girl, for every other, for every hater out there, and there have been haters, because some, yeah, some, some old dude who was a tennis player, I don't even know his name, I'm not even, I'm not even going to entertain his name, but basically said, we'll see how her baby turns out, you know, a little milk, milk mixed with chocolate or some BS like that. Um, and thankfully the tennis organization is like investigating him and his incredibly insensitive use of words. Um, yeah. And so it's just, I'm really grateful that that was the, the case. And then she responded being thankful for, you know, her, her, her organization having her back, but also what the hell world like do better, you know? And so, um, but yeah, congrats but, to you, Serena. But um, more than anything, what I'm most excited about yeah. for her uh, impending childbirth, mm-hmm. the possibility that her kid and Beyonce's new twins are going to play together. Can I just say, you just... <laughs> just like, okay, so... They're for... going to be in the sandbox together. So like... I just want the world to know that Alex brought up Beyonce and not me, and this is amazing. I don't normally. I was only. Uh, I only got like a like gold level Beehive membership card uh, two years ago when yeah. she did the Super Bowl halftime show and Formation came out. I jumped on when most people jumped on, or a lot of newcomers came. Bri's been on the Beyonce Beehive. Back, She's back got, Destiny's Child. She's got like platinum status. I don't know if you would call it platinum status, but you're it's definitely higher. You're it's, definitely higher. I, yeah, I love her. Yeah, and she and I also I'm also the kind of Beehive person that can. Uh, can be very honest. Like she's not a perfect person. There's things about her that sure. I think we can we can critique. And that's what I like about her. Yeah. though. That's when I came to know her is when she one became more self-expressive mm-hmm. about issues that right. were pertinent to society, but also became more of a person, less guarded, less mm-hmm. packaged. Right. And you have to think for the longest time when she's always been in the eye of society yeah. forever. She's been in popular media forever since she was like 14, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And so people were controlling all of that. And, you know, think about us in our 20s. We didn't even need Fabulous. To. Glorious. <laughs> I mean, we were pretty great, but like we also had some poor decision making skills. <laughs> More than somewhat. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like, think about us in our 20s when we we were still trying to figure out who we are. And we are still trying to figure out who we are in our world and in the context that we're living in, the expectations. And so she's at a place where she's like, not only is she this black woman 
she has a black child in blue, Queen Blue. Queen Blue. Prince, Princess Blue. Princess Blue, yeah. Princess Blue, Queen Blue. Because there's one queen. Right. Yeah. Um, and actually, Serena and Beyonce are queen to, queens to me, so we can have multiple queens in this world. That they've already done a music video together uh, is everything. Uh, uh, and so it only makes sense that their kids will be... Oh my God, I lost it. Angels. So Serena came out to when I went to go see the formation tour Serena mm-hmm. came out and I lost my bananas I forgot I didn't I don't uh, go to concerts at all but I heard about that yeah I invited I, you but you didn't want to come I yeah probably won't ever <laughs> but uh no you, but I brought up Beyonce you didn't have to I didn't have to and I just want to say I appreciate that you understand me well enough to know this I thought you would enjoy that but yeah no so I think yeah it's going to be amazing for to be in a world where Beyonce and Serena Williams have children that are going to be woke and beautiful and just doing kick-ass things. Maybe some woke-as-hell kids. Yeah. Do you know how much their mothers have to go through on a day? De- we, we're talking about it yeah. right now. All the criticism yeah. that Serena gets, but then also Yeah, Beyonce. she's not feminine enough. She's oh my not, god, yeah. the things that Giuliani said after her Super Bowl halftime show. Giuliani can go so asinine. <laughs> you're asinine, ass a 10, ass a 11. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, if you if you hear this and anyone alerts get a you snip, to this, a snippet you can this. come at me anytime. I do not care. Rudy Giuliani needs to get off I just it. want to say he has at least a foot on you. Just saying. At least, <laughs> at least a foot. We can take this to the courts. Uh, but not the civil courts. No. The no, basketball courts. The basketball courts. courts. But yeah, no, I, I think that those kids of those elite women are going to have such a perspective on the world mm-hmm. that other kids just, I mean, you're not, it, we're and not going to have access hope. to that. And, like, that's a hope, right? Yeah, like, because sure. they're also living in this, like, affluent place where they, if they ever wanted something, they can get it. They're going on these yacht vacations and, like, doing amazing things. And, and They never had to, they won't have to struggle. Right. But I also don't know what their parenting looks like, and I'm not going to judge it because, one, I'm not a parent. I'm only a, a fur parent. I only have a fur child yes, you do. in my in my dog Wrigley, uh, but beyond that, like you know, we can only hope for that. I think there's a lot of hope we're putting on these young, unborn, and currently born children. But, um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's cool that you know we're living in a world where these amazingly beautiful women of color. And not just in them as, like, athletes and musicians, but other artists and other actors. Like, I think of Viola Davis. I think of um, America Ferreira. I think of, uh, oh, my God. America Ferreira. America, Ugly Betty. Do you remember Ugly oh, Betty? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, Alex is very bad with pop culture, and so there's a lot of learning that's going to happen through will, all of this. You will see me grow <laughs> in my understanding of pop culture. Um, but there's just, like, so many people that... Um, that have like just done well, and you think of like Moonlight winning best, you know, best film. In, if in the it Oscars. almost didn't, let's. I mean, it did at the end of the day, but I have lots of feelings about old white people not knowing how to read. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> land. Oh gosh, I didn't oh. see. It. I didn't see it live, but man, I heard about it. Oh god, and just honestly, it's all about like. So a lot of the things that I get to do and on my day job is also like making things look pretty and making sure that content is yeah. out there for folks. If you just made the... I don't understand. Just make words bigger that you need to make bigger instead of... Uh, anyway, whatever. Yeah, no, I... Yeah. But, you know, we're living in a world where things are much more diverse and it scares people when, for the longest time, for a better part of our country's history, it's been very homogenous and white. And now you're having a desi brown girl 
and a biracial man talking about uh, having an access to do a podcast. Like, who that's are, a lot who of are difference. we? That's a lot of different. There's a lot of different. And that's scary. It's scary for I, people. I can, I can you, drive with that. Yeah, and then I think difference is okay. Dissonance is okay. And dissonance yep. freaks people out. Dissonance in music is unpleasant. Mm-hmm. It is the keys that are right next to each other in the piano when you press it together. That's dissonance. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds not pretty for a reason. When you separate the keys and you make, you know, a chord that's very beautiful, like a major chord, like there's there's separation, like peop- it's in their places, you know? Rye's good at music. And I'm not really, but thank you for saying that. You've never even heard me really ever play Because you don't... All right, we'll get into... That'll be... <laughs> That'll be another episode. day. Okay, one of these days Did, I will. Okay. Was it Ruth Bader Ginsburg who said, well-behaved women don't make history? For no, this pl- it was not Ruth... I think it was Chanel. Oh, like Coco Chanel? Yeah. Really? I think, well... Behave... Hmm? This is why we, I love the internet. Well-behaved mm. women rarely make history was said by... Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> God rest her soul. Um, she size, size 12 or 14. Just saying. That's the point of, like, you look at history and the people we look at. I mean, let's look at straight men. Okay. Mostly white men in the United States. Sure. What kind of women do they love? Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Um, give me another, like... Oh, we'll just say, like, historically. Amelia Earhart is a well-known woman for her aviation um, history and all Mm -hmm. these things. But were there men who were saying, yeah, definitely cross the ocean. Go do that thing on that plane. No. she was crazy. Yeah, they were like, go back to the kitchen. What are you doing (laughs) in that plane? That's a man's job. No. (laughs) That's a man's job. That's a man's job, but that's what you don't, you don't. Make the history books by flipping flapjacks. Yeah. You know, you, you defy convention. Dissonance, as you said, is a good thing. Diversity good thing. and dissonance. Yeah. And and sometimes, like like in jazz, dissonance makes something mm. interesting, you know? And so, you know, those minor chords and those things that are a little uncomfortable gives it a little kick. It gives it a little extra to it. So, um, back to my music analogy. I'm done. <laughs> Speaking of jazz. Yes. So I'm going to talk jazz. <laughs> let's go. I knew you were going to do this. Let's go. Let's, All right. Let's go back jazz. To, let's All go right. through. The, so the first round of the playoffs is underway, and some one series is already done. Yeah. No, two. Two are already done. But we we meant to do this last week when some things were still in flux and just starting out, but we kind of know how things are shaking down now. Mm-hmm. So the L.A. Clippers and Utah Jazz, um, who do you got in that series? Do you care? I don't care. Why not? So, I said this before. So, the jazz, like, when I think of the jazz, I think of Karl Malone, you know, I think of John Stockton. Like, that's what I think of the 90s, right? I've not heard of the jazz in, like, a hot minute. And so, the fact that, like, they're in the playoffs, I'm really happy for them. I'm really happy for the state of Utah. You don't got a lot going on, so that's nice that you have something. Shout out to Salt Lake. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys have a lot going on. Keep I don't, that I don't salty. Be, <laughs> I don't want to be disrespectful. I'm saying sports-wise. Um, I th- also think, I mean, the Clippers, I mean, it's, a, it's an exciting team, but, like, I'm also like, whoever wins, cool. You're not going to win at the end of the day. But you know, you know they're definitely not going to win because Blake Griffin's out for the rest of the playoffs. Exactly. So... So, so when I think of the Utah... That's the Utah Jazz. Jazz three 3-2. They're out 3-2 in the series. I mean... Who, where are they playing next? Like, is it home or is it? They away? are playing. 
at Utah next. So, I mean, uh, Utah might win, and they might just take it. I, again, but they're not going to win the championship. Right. Not the Jazz are teams. also, like, not, I don't know, maybe it's, so this is, like, where I am, like, a stereotypical girl, where mm-hmm. I'm, like, I don't love their jersey, I don't love their colors. But what did we talk about right before this? Do you love, now that you know the history so of I the So I know jazz. the history of the Jazz because of, like, so f- they're called the Jazz in Utah because they were originally from New Orleans, which I had mm-hmm. no idea about. When Alex told me, we were like, shoot, that should have been recorded because, you know, I had a very interesting reaction. Can you, was, do, the, can you do the gasp? I was like, oh, what? There you go. <laughs> that was what it was. That was pretty good. That was actually really good. Good yeah. job, right? I could be an actress. Um, no, I don't want to be. Um, and so, so, like, that makes sense why their colors are, like, the purple, yellow, and green. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think as... As uh, teams move, you know, as you know from being a St. Louis Rams fan that is now... They're in Oakland now? Where are they? They're in Los Angeles. They're in Los Angeles. Okay, whatever. In California. We've also lost the St. Louis Cardinals football team. (laughs) So. Being a Cardinals fan sucks. It kind of does. We also (laughs) lost the St. Louis Hawks basketball team. (laughs) That's why we couldn't get the Grizzlies. Um, But anyway, so like... So I now understand it, but I also just, like, branding, I think, is so important in anything. Yeah. And I think as the Utah Jazz, you need to brand a little bit better. The mountains aren't working. So what are they now? Like, they look like a jazz no, note. It's a jazz note. Which is still weird. It doesn't make sense because to Utah's where you are. Because not known for right. their jazz Go back music. to New Orleans. They already have a team, but, like, you don't... It's already it's already stuck. It's sticking. They're not getting away from the jazz. Right. So you might as well make it... Make, Look like a music note because before it was jazz with the mountains. It was like Sound of Music. Right? No, it literally, was like, it was the it was the mountains is, from Sound of Music. Is that what you're going for? <laughs> it's like Austria. <laughs> I don't understand. You're talking about Austria in World War II. Um, so uh, no one's coming out of it. We don't care about the Clippers nah. and jazz. And then the Rockets and Thunder. The Rockets moved on. Right. Uh, who will face the winner of the? Who are they facing? I think they w- whoever wins the Spurs. Grizzlies? Grizzlies, I okay. think. I think that's the... And the Spurs are up 3-2 on the Grizzlies. Likely the Spurs will win, but... Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the Spurs... In Game 7. I think Grizzlies give them a hard time. Yeah. You know, game 7, but the Spurs... I'm always win. so confused when the Grizzlies are in the Western Conference. Because there's Memphis, Tennessee. They're more east than they are west. I but. used to think the Mississippi River was the dividing line. That's what I thought, too. But no, it's not. So It's not? And also... Well, no, the New Orleans Pelicans are just on the west side. Well, they're on the Delta. Yeah, so the they... Del- they're right in the middle. They could they could go either way. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, so I don't really care. Well, I think the, the big thing for me as a Chicago Bulls fan is the... Bulls Celtics. The, Bull, the Bulls Celtics. I'm... Celtics are up 3-2. Yep. They were down 0-2. Yes, they were. The Bulls beat them the first two games in Boston. Yep. So my sister... Reva, love you, girl. Said it best. Um, she was a luck on our first podcast. Um, she said it best. She's like, only the Chicago Bulls would win two games away. That's so. That's so true. And come home and lose two. That's pretty sad. They only are only the, the freaking Chicago Bulls. And if you're and not, <laughs> you're not up on basketball. The Bulls are the bottom seed in the East, yep. and the Celtics are the number one seed in the East. So it should have been nothing for the yeah. Celtics to beat Celtics them. Should have swept them. So the Bulls just beating them the first two games was amazing. I was like what? And like it wasn't like they were like 
blowing them out either. It wasn't like they right. were, blo- but it was one of those things where like they they had just hustle. What they had was Rondo, Rajon Rondo, yeah. And oh, we don't man. have him, and that's the problem because he hurt his hand. And he's not going to play in Game Six either. Yeah. So that's they what... they could totally lose. Yeah, they are going to lose. I love the Bulls, but I as much as I'd like to call myself a realist, not a pessimist. Realistically, they're not going to win. But, they you know, should. it is... I'm, I'm proud that they even made it. I was not even expecting that, so... There's that. Yeah, you got anything more to say about that one? No. I just... I just need... Uh, I'm really proud of Wade for knowing that he's the number two. If you hear any snoring in the background, that's my dog. Do you hear that? Yeah, he's snoring hear. hella loud. Man, you're gonna mess up our audio. <laughs> that's okay, he's cute. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so I appreciate that he knows that he's the number two to J- um, Jimmy Butler. But I don't know. There's not much to... S- huh? That helps, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think ego... Two alpha dogs yeah, is it, not a good mix. Exactly. We've seen that in other teams and it hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. Cavs are going to win. Between- didn't the, they win already? They already won. Yeah, I was like, didn't they, win? Didn't they sweep them? Yep, that's, yeah. that's done. Pacers, good season. You made the playoffs. Didn't make much of it, but right. you were facing the Cavs. Number one seed. Number two. Oh, yeah, number two. Yeah, and they had a lot of... The Cavs actually had a lot of problems down the stretch. Yeah. Their defense is the worst in the NBA going yep. into the playoffs. Yep. Good job, Pacers. Um, Paul George is a free agent at the end of this year, star for the Pacers. Do you think he's going to stay? I think he should stay. I think he should stay, too. I don't because know if he will, though. under the new collective bargaining agreement, he can make a boatload of cash with the Indiana. And you've already been there for so many years that you are... They're the going to make a team around you. Yes, you were the heir apparent to Reggie Miller. You will be cemented in Indiana Pacer mm-hmm. legacy history. They'll build a statue outside of this. He should stay there because Paul... And Indiana fans are, like, true fans. True fans. They're, yeah, Hoosiers. We, we, we uh, Midwesterners love our teams. Yeah, because we don't have as many things going on to do otherwise. Right. And we, we know that. Sports. And we know that Toronto... Toronto between, just beat... The Bucks. the Bucks. We just saw that game. Yes. Good for Toronto. Good season. Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry. He was injured for a little bit. But then um, DeMar DeRozan was a beast this year. He came out. Oh, he yeah. Was, totally. He was up there in the top five scores this year. And then you got uh, Washington and Atlanta. Wait. Who won what? This That the is Wizards very... The Wizards are up 3-2. Yeah. I, I mean, it could honestly go either way, I think. I think it can be. I can think. I think they can go a game, game seven. Of the twenty something, maybe it's like eighteen, uh, journalists for ESPN who put their playoff predictions out there yeah. at the start of the season, every single one of them picked the Wizards to win this series. So if they don't, I mean, I picked the Wizards to win this. I mean, series. it makes I, but I I don't know the. I haven't been watching their games to be yeah. honest with you. So. That's fine. Again, I just don't. I, like, I'm. I'm really more excited for. Yeah, of course. Like the second the round. The yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, more yeah, excited yeah. for the second round. As as it should be. Shout out to Bradley Beal, shooting guard for the Washington Wizards. He's a St. Louis hometown boy, so I grew up listening to him on uh, the local high school radio. Nice. He's doing good stuff. Um, Warriors won their series, swept. Yeah. Swept the Portland Trailblazers. I, I love Damian Lillard, but he just can't catch a break. No. Warriors sure beat up on him again. Spurs and even without uh, KD for some of it too. Wasn't yeah. he out for some of it? He had a yeah. His calf was yeah. a little injured. But, but anyway, sore. so we got the so the next round, 
we all know it's gonna be the Warriors and Cavs again. Unless I see, well, unless the Rockets do something weird. Which I would, which I would like. The Spurs, fine. I will watch them again. Right. But I would love to see what the Rockets can do. <laughs> It'll and, be exciting. And I could see the Cavs not winning in the East. To be honest. Who do you think is going to... I mean, the only option would really be Boston. And, man, Isaiah Thomas. Some people say the Wizards can give them trouble, and they can. I just don't know if they have enough to do it in a seven-game series. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, Isaiah Thomas is a beast. He's... he's, And Isaiah Thomas recently uh, lost his sister. Mm -hmm. Um, So our condolences to him and his family, because... Loss is loss regardless of how or when it sucks. And so and he played the next day. Yeah. Against the Bulls. And and like you saw him crying mm. on the on the bench, like before he had to play and like his teammates consoling him, but he's like, I know this is what my sister would want me to do, you yeah. know? And it just sucks, like loss is really hard and you know, he just has such such heart in his in his, the way he plays and um, that's why even if the Bulls lose, which they will, um, I'm excited for the Celtics. Did you see his post game after game three? Was it with was, his kids? His kids are in every post game. <laughs> They're kids, cute kids. His kids are adorable. I am less of a fan of Riley Curry. I know. And we've mm-hmm. talked about this. Yes. But but Isaiah's kids, and it's not just because they're boys. It's because they sit there and they just, just make faces. Can we and just not talk like, about the patriarchy that's happening in this fine, conversation right now? What I am holding <laughs> on to my male privilege and saying they're cuter than the girl because she shouldn't be up there or whatever. Yeah, I just think you know, she's girls too much. can't be up there. She's she's under the Alex. T- what the hell? She's ca- anyway. We'll get into You're that. You're putting when your she, foot in your mouth. I'm gonna wait till she <laughs> does something during this playoff uh, post game season, uh-huh. and then we'll talk about it because <laughs> it will happen. Um, anyway, the boys uh, are sitting there next to him, but they asked him, "How are you doing?" Considering yeah, since, your sister, yeah. whatever. And I appreciated his Isaiah's vulnerability mm-hmm. and just saying, "I mean, look, I'm not here right now, right? Mentally and emotionally, yeah. yeah. I'm not present, yeah." I, just, I, did, I, did, like, I did what I have to do. Keep yep. moving. He didn't give a, a cookie-cutter answer. Mm-hmm. He just said, I am not doing my job to the best of my abilities. Right. I, I just can't, I'm doing the best I can with what I have. Right. But I just understand this is not my best. Right. And I think it's... I think, I think loss does that, right? And so I think about the people that I have lost in my life that are close to me. And for me, there were moments that I would process it. Right, and I would often do that by myself, or with people that I trusted. But oftentimes, I'm I'm like, all right, I gotta get, I got to get, let's work, let's plan a funeral, let's plan a viewing, let's clean up stuff, let's get things going. You know, like that's where my brain goes, and that's, and I also know that's just how I mourn, mm. or like that's just how I. Yeah. I also don't eat a lot, so I hope Isaiah, you're taking care of yourself because I loss is just any sort of like high stress thing can be can be a lot so I hope he's taking care of himself but he's been looking amazing when he's been playing and so um especially after such a tragic news and so again that takes that takes a lot of that takes a lot of guts to do it takes a lot of character to do that absolutely um a couple other things we could touch on I mentioned the Pat Riley thing earlier what Pat Riley thing the article that came out in oh ESPN. about his thoughts of uh, yeah they yeah. interviewed him and collected some of his thoughts. Now, 
three years after mm-hmm. LeBron left mm-hmm. Miami. So for context, LeBron was in Cleveland mm-hmm. where he was drafted for the first like eight years of his career, seven right. or eight. And then he left with the decision that you were talking about right. earlier. Went to Miami. The mess that was called. The it was decision. a mess. Yeah, it, it was, was a, mess. a mess. People across Cleveland were uh, burning jerseys. My brother lives in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and we asked him like, "How's How is the it? city yeah. doing?" And he said, "Everyone just stopped working and went." It was midday. Mm-hmm. They're like, "We stopped working and we went home." And just sad. We just like that was people. It's turmoil here. Or maybe it was in the evening, and he said, like, people didn't go to work the next day. Oh, wow. Something like that. He was like, the city was depressed. Mm-hmm. Like, collect... Because Chicago... Or Cleveland hadn't won a championship since, like, 1950-something mm-hmm. with Jim, Jim Brown and the Cleveland Browns. Right. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's a it's a drought. It's a mm-hmm. Rust Belt city. That, right. Um, the industries there are still going, but mm-hmm. they're not as strong as they used to be. Right. And blue-collar jobs are not as, as prevalent. Right. And so the city really holds on to its Midwest sports... Traditions, Indians, Cavaliers, mm-hmm. Browns, yeah. yeah. So they, they just have been kind of on the low end of sports for a while. And right. him leaving, he was the messiah. Like, right. he was the heir apparent to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Arguably I mean, they with were, Kobe. Right, and, and Cleveland was close last year when the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah, the baseball had a long time coming, too. But when LeBron left, they burned his jerseys. It was like, don't right. come back. And the owner of... The Cavaliers, Dan uh, Gilbert, Dan Gilbert, it is, no. sent out a letter to the fans of Cleveland and the world at large. Because <laughs> the internet is forever, buddy. Such a scathing, um, a scathing denouncing of LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And he said, let it be known that we will win a mm-hmm. championship in before, Cleveland before yeah. the supposed so-called king Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you serious? He's just going to Miami to play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, two of the best players on the planet. Right. At the time. And he took a pay cut to do it, to yeah. play with his friends. He went down there. They went to the finals the first year. Lost to right. the Mavericks. But then they won the next two years. Right. And then they lost again right. to uh, the Spurs. And so then LeBron leaves. He makes mm-hmm. the decision to leave Miami. Mm-hmm. And he just sends a very tightly worded, right. nice... A letter mm-hmm. to everybody, letting him know he's coming back home to Cleveland. He right. co-wrote that with someone from Sports Illustrated. Yeah, and everyone read the letter. It was like, this is so much more subdued, right? Than the decision. It's maturity. It's, it's maturity. Mature. He learned. He knew. He went to college. He partied for four years, right, in Miami, and decided. Yeah, and like, and I will say, I was a LeBron hater. For all four of those years, yeah. and I yeah. will, and I will, I will say, our friend Winston mm-hmm. and Alex would talk to me like Bri would try to reason. Literally every conversation, they would try to reason with me, and I'm just like, he's no, he's an idiot. He's like, to me, I was just like, he's like this idiot boy that had to like, meh. I'm, a, you know, like it was like that's what I thought. In hindsight, now thinking about it and reflecting on it, I can, I know, I get it, I get it. I've made lots of stupid decisions he's in my life. He's so good. And and you know what? He's so good. He's such... He... You know, I still think he should not be making Space Jam 2. Don't think... I was going to bring it up, but you, I'm glad you did. But I just want to say, 
don't fix something that isn't broken. It was. What is going to be the storyline, Alex? It's going to be the same thing. They're going to do the same thing. About what? The Monstars are going to come and do their, like... No, no, no. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the... What is his storyline? Michael's storyline was exactly, like, real life. The baseball. The baseball thing. The baseball thing. His is going to be, um... Him leaving Cleveland and coming back? Oh, that would be kind of cool, though. No, I don't would ta- like that. I just want to say, if you take that, it is my idea. I better get my money. Trademark, <laughs> trademark, trademark right now. They, I, I don't know what it's gonna be, but I can't wait to see LeBron's acting because in in Trainwreck, yeah, he was good. not bad. And you know what? So is his hairline. Oh, can, strong we- acting and strong line. <laughs> that was some strong shade from Pry. He look. I'll be. Can I, I'm just gonna say this out here, and I don't mean any diss because, as Bry said. LeBron James can do no wrong by me. He is like no, my my go-to from the. I remember reading Slam magazine mm-hmm. when he was writing posts as a prep school high schooler. Yeah, and he would do uh, monthly diary entries or whatever oh, wow. in the magazine. And so I'm like, That's this awesome. guy's supposed to be. And he got a contract from Nike his first year as a rookie. He didn't even stepped on the court yet. I'm like, they're gonna give. There's too much pressure I mean, they, for they, a high school kid. I know. And they what do they name him? Like the next big the, thing or wait, what do they call? They called him the shoes. No, 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 no. Like, there was, like, an article where the he was, like... The Chosen One. The Chosen One. That's the Chosen One, was, which yeah. he then had tattooed on his back. Oh, and I'm like, what a- this is too much pressure for an 18-year-old kid to deal with. And he has risen to... He is now number seven on the all-time NBA mm. scoring list, and he's 32. Okay, can I... Let me... Okay, let me let me be the, the devil's advocate. I know the devil has a lot of advocates, but let me just be the devil's advocate right now. Um, he started playing some... At 18. Yeah. He's been doing it since he was 18. Yeah. So I'm just saying, he's had a lot more years. Kobe and Dirk are on that list, too. Right. And he's past Kobe, right? Or no. No. He, no, he's under Kobe still. Yeah, he's still got to, he's got to pass up Dirk. So for Kobe. me, for me. Wait, so did Moses Malone, didn't he? Right. I think uh, LeBron was the last class of 18-year-olds that got drafted to yeah. um, the league. Yes. I think he was the last. Yeah. Him and uh, Melo and... Was yeah. it Mello 18 too? Well, Mello did one year at Syracuse. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forget that he was at Syracuse yeah, for a second. Yeah, it was barely, you forget. Yeah. Um, but, because I also think a college education could benefit, you know, some business classes could benefit all the NBA players so they can manage their money well and, you know, yeah, be NBA smart was, about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I think also we work in education, so I think we just, at least for me, I'm biased to, like, more education is better. The stat that I heard a couple years ago was that 60% mm-hmm. of NBA players are broke after five years out of the league. That's sad. Yeah. You want to make sure if you're an organization that, that you're, you're covering yeah, the players. as they, Yeah. As far as financial literacy. Right, but, I mean... When you're an organization that cares more about your money than other people's money, like, I mean, are you going to really put investment in that? I hope you do. I hope so. But, you know, it's, I haven't seen that happening. But anyway, so what were you talking about? LeBron and please don't make Space Jam 2. I know you're going to do it. I'm just going to be really sad about it the whole time. No, I was just saying. Okay. So I was going to say LeBron. Oh, the letter. I love you. Pat Pat Riley. Well, that, but also about the hairline thing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I just want to put this on record. I'm putting this on wax. (laughs) Uh, LeBron, <laughs> you should just shave it. Just and do it, boo. Just do you. Your head shape is perfectly good. Just take Carl Malone. Remember how he yeah. had that? He was balding. Yeah, and he and shaved. But, and he shaved it. He's such a good-looking man with he the is. shaved head. 
So was Michael Jordan. So was Michael Jordan, who was also balding. But you, you saw this happening to LeBron, and we're like, oh, he's going to shave the head. Nope. Kobe, Kobe also has a receding hairline. It came later in his life. Yeah. But you see how low he shaves his head, mm-hmm. and you can see his hair, hairline is yeah. back there, but he took it down low. Yeah. LeBron... For all the myriads of things that he does well, like starting um, a school for Mm -hmm. uh, underrepresented children Mm -hmm. in Akron. Mm -hmm. um, Scholarships. Scholarships, the I Promise program. Like, he's done so many things to help his community and Global Ventures as well. And doing really cool things, too, in entertainment and things like that. Why are you so hung up on the hair? Because hair is a... Hair is a huge thing in every culture. But he's so... But Michael, Kobe, Wilt... uh, No, not Wilt. Kareem, Mm -hmm. uh, Karl Malone. Mm -hmm. So many players just said, you know what? It's not for me. I'm just going to take it down. Clyde Drexler, whatever. He can't let this go. And I don't know why. I mean, okay. And no shit, I do not, for the record, I don't have a receding hairline. I don't know what it's like. We don't have it. We don't have it in my family, so I can't speak to what my feelings would be like. So you're speaking from a place of privilege. Of privilege, (laughs) of my appearance and whatever. I don't have any of the stuff of male pattern balding. I I have my days. But there's, uh, but I think you are so strong. He's so strong. I think he embodies, to me, on the outside looking in, embodies confidence. In a man. Right. But you doing this with your hairline suggests to me, it suggests to me, I don't want to go any further. I'm not his psychiatrist. I'm not his therapist. I am not his family. And I don't feel comfortable speaking about King James any further than I already have. I'm already intimidated that I said as much as this (laughs) on the first episode. I'm not. I'm not even going to edit this out. This (laughs) is real talk. This is real talk. King James, I think you're awesome. But uh, I need you to speak. Space Jam 2, ma'am. I will not be, uh, yeah. Big fan, big fan. Keep. I doing mean, if you thing. sponsor our podcast or whatever, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll watch it. If you, I hope <laughs> you win the championship this year. I'm very pro. Uh, no, I would. Hope, I want them By to the win way, too. My favorite player is not even. I respect LeBron as the greatest player in the game. Mm-hmm. My favorite player is Kyrie Irving. Well, yeah, his yes. his number two, his his Robin to his Batman. Yeah, I. But I always like Scotty when Michael was on top yeah. too. I got to think about. Well, the well, I think. Scotty was great in in the Bulls because he knew how to handle all the people. Yeah, he was the good. He was he the was, leader. He was the leader. Mike yeah. was the Mike was the ego of the team. Mike was the superstar. Yeah, he's and great. Scotty was within reach yeah. of players. Yeah, in terms of his emotional attention. Yep. Yeah. Or and intelligence. He, intelligence on the yeah. floor. Emotional his emotional intelligence, intelligence yeah. on the floor. He was a general. Yeah. Point forward. Yep. Yeah. No, I think Kyrie's amazing as well. You just I, clutch. I, clutch. I really want the Cavs to take it all because I just want to humble the crap out of out of the Golden State Warriors. We're assuming that matchup's happening again. Yeah. I if that is if I'm assuming if that is the case, mm-hmm. if it is Golden State versus the Cavs, I want Katie to eat his decision that he made himself. Amen. And I want, and and the thing is like. The Cavs will bring it. Did they you see? Will. They asked LeBron if you face the Warriors again. Mm-hmm. You've been struggling on defense. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah, think is going to happen? You, what do you think is going to happen? Because that Warriors team is stacked. Yeah. LeBron says, "I think we got a good chance to win." There's like, why do you think that? He just, he's like, he kind of smirked mm-hmm. and he said, mm, "I got the answer. I'm not going to say what it is, mm-hmm. but I I think we have a pretty good chance to win. I think." What do you think he meant? If you look at the matchups against between LeBron and KD, 
LeBron has taken 19, and KD's taken 4. In what way? 19? LeBron, of the, of the 23 matchups, LeBron has won 19 of those. Oh, I think, okay. I think LeBron looks at that team and he says... You're going to get tired by the time you get to me. Um, I don't know about tired, but I think there's a psychological factor that oh, yeah. the Cavaliers have over the Warriors. So look at it. Take out KD from the equation. Okay. Let's look at the Warriors and what As they are team. to the Cavs. Yeah. Two years in a row, the Cavs have faced them. The first year they faced them, they didn't have... The Warriors had never been that far before. Right. They were all new. Curry, Clay, mm-hmm. Draymond. The whole team was kind of new to the final Iggy. scene. Iggy. Don't yeah. forget Iggy. Oh, yeah. Gotta love Iggy. Iggy got playoff MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron had been to four straight finals. Mm-hmm. So when he got there, he lost Kyrie mm-hmm. and KD or and uh, Kevin Love to injury. And he still took two games yep. away from them yeah. when everyone said, he's not even, how can they get one? How can one? they win? Right. Him and Delhi yeah. and the squad of just like, oh, like he did his whole career. Right. Look at his squad of guys who just are not right. top class. And but he, he brings takes them. them. He takes them up. To the yeah. mountaintop. And so you go there and you think, uh, think about, I'm thinking about like J.R. Smith and you're like, yeah. Tristan Thompson, people all of them. Like people didn't put stock in them yeah. like LeBron did. He goes in Le- there, takes Le- two games, and people were like, okay, the Warriors won, but LeBron should probably be the playoff MVP. Right. That never Oh, happens. everyone said, yeah. 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 He came very close to getting that, and so the Warriors are like, okay, we won. We're humbly accepting right. this title. The next year, they win. goes seven games, right. and the whole way, th- the the, cur- uh, the Cavs take, they get around 3-1. Mm-hmm. And end up winning the series. Yeah. The first team in NBA history to come back from 3-1 to win an NBA Finals. Right. And you see that block that LeBron has on Curry Mm -hmm. in Game 6, and he talks down, he turns and bean mugs him. And I'm you, not gonna lie, you, that was, I don't even think he's that attractive, but that was really hot. I didn't even want to, like, sports, the sportsman in me was like, that's not very nice. But the competitor in me was like, like yeah. tell him what's up. Yeah. This is what time it is. This is, oh, is this your arena? I don't really care. Yeah, oh, that's and, cute. Yeah. And so you, you get in their head psychologically. They did the Halloween party mm-hmm. where they had something like tombstones with, like, R.I.P. Right. Curry and right, right. Thompson on it. So psychologically, there's that thing there. And then they won with Kyrie's clutch shot right. at the end. So you already took this title from them one year. You probably should have taken it the year before. Right. But injury was what it was. Right. Now to come in to the third matchup, I believe, and I think the Cavs believe, the Warriors are stacked with talent. Mm-hmm. Curry, Thompson, Draymond, Iggy, right. KD. Right. You have all the talent in the world yeah. and a coaching staff that is Second Amazing. to none. Amazing. Second, I'll say it's probably the best coaching staff in the league. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah. I would say Luke Walton this. left, but you, Mike Brown brings something to the table, yeah. too. There's good experience on that bench. The heart... Is not there. Is not there. Yeah. KD the was not the... hunger to want it yeah. is not KD there is not a vocal leader, and we saw that in Oklahoma City. Yeah. And so he left, and he joins a team that also doesn't have vocal leaders. It's a because, bunch of... This bunch yeah. of Quiet, lead, quiet, quote-unquote basketball player. And there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that because you see Kawhi Leonard do the same thing and when Ka- he and is. And Kawhi is like, he's yeah. an assassin when he is on. Yes, but Kawhi brings something different. His action mm-hmm. on the court goes both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. His offense and defense are both so strong right. that you see this guy hustle. It doesn't need words because it transcends right. 
words. Uh, whereas Curry, and this is what a lot of players have beef with Curry about. This is what I heard recently. Because Curry doesn't play the defense side of the ball. No, he just does a bunch of points. That's about it. Yeah, he'll drill threes all day. But I want... Okay, I want to I want to take Curry to task. Right. You know, I go in, I want to take him under the basket and right. score on him. He won't do Curry's that. not on he doesn't want to guard. Which Kyrie. is why coming back to Russell Westbrook, he's not only putting 30, he's not only putting up 30, he's also defending. He's defending. And he's that's, putting it up he's and a he's a workhorse. Yeah. And and Westbrook was always the vocal leader right. of that team. One of the vocal leaders, Kevin Durant, that wasn't his role. Right. And so And everyone has different yeah. leading leadership yeah. styles, so like that's totally cool, but I think that make, I think yeah. yeah, I think there there is truth to that. The Cavs look at the Warriors and say, "I see you again." Mhm. Atop your Western Conference. Here we are again. And your privileged upbringing. And you, oh, do we want to get into? Ah, I'm, I mean, we'll just I, say it plainly. Curry and Thompson both had fathers who, who were played, NBA players. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't no. make them less no. like gritty or or whatever. Yeah. In the, it's just a different. Like I just think of street ball that we played when we were in, we were growing up. Mm-hmm. To I don't know what they played like. You know I don't know what no. I don't know what prep school or high schools that they went to to I don't know well I think it look at what age all these players are similar to yeah. us uh, yeah. who did we look at post Jordan era uh, what's his face Allen Iverson Allen Iverson, I was Allen like, Iverson. AI, yeah. AI was the guy who transcended uh, street and right. basketball mm-hmm. and he was outside the mold of Michael Jordan yeah. and he, he was like straight urban Right. And, he was, and Michael, but that's the other thing too. Michael what also had privileged upbringing too. He had parents. He had, rural Carolina. Ru- yeah. Yeah. Privileged, like it was. He was middle class. Nuclear women. household. Yeah. Allen Iverson. Yeah, he has single yeah. parent household. Mm-hmm. And so you look at LeBron, single parent household. Mm-hmm. You look at um, grown up in Akron. Akron. Even when he was with Miami, Dwayne Wade, single mm-hmm. parent household. Mm-hmm. Uh, mother from Chicago, Southside. There you go. Mm-hmm. They, you know, he, he didn't come from those kinds of backgrounds. So you look at Curry, you look at Thompson. Who have a little bit more. Yeah. And so it so was So I wonder that, if that is, like, that plays into their personality. Yeah, it does. Because I'm in, like, yeah, it does. Of, how, of how vocal or not vocal they are on the court. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I just think that's an interesting... Yeah, I think... I think it's, I, it's something that I've, I didn't realize until I realized it. And I was like, oh... That's like it's interesting to know that there are people in the league like I think of like Michael Jordan's kids. I mean they're not very good basketball players that I, I can think of comparatively comparatively to him. Of course. But like, you know, you know, think I even simply thinking of LeBron's kids, they're really good basketball players. They like, are. They're very, very good. They are like their daddy. And um those genes carried over. Yeah. And like what is their like what is their grit and their their style of play going to be like when if they were to be in the league, you know, would it be different? Would it mm-hmm. be the same? You know, it's and a I good ju- chance they will be. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean the way they're playing, I've j- I've just seen a few like ten second clips, and I'm like, dang. Yeah, if the growth if, spurts it, oof. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully they'll be okay with their hairline if whatever happens. It's to it. uh, it skips <laughs> it skips a generation, and it's on the mother's side. Are you sure? Yeah, it's on the mother's side. All right. Yeah. Good to know. So they're going to be fine unless their mother has it on her. That totally makes sense because my dad isn't. Yep. My on my mom, my dad's mom's side, everyone has a full head of hair. And my dad, it's a little thinning, but it's like still there. 
Yeah. It's not yeah. not there. Good to know. Anyway, so that's what we think. Uh, that's what I think is going to happen with the series on that side. But uh, the Miami, I think I still didn't finish the Miami thing. Oh, yeah. The, Pat Riley. The, the Pat this Riley, happens a lot The Pat this. Riley, <laughs> fine, whatever. The, the Pat Riley thing is just that Pat looked at the situation. At the time, mm-hmm. apparently, they went to a hotel room in Vegas mm-hmm. when LeBron was deciding where to go mm-hmm. after the Miami's fourth season. Mm-hmm. He was with them. Pat Riley, according to record, uh, had some issue with LeBron bringing his friends around, his yeah, agent, his, his, like, he, 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 as he, Phil Jackson would call them, his posse, which Phil, Phil Jackson, you need Phil, to, Phil, you need to figure out what New York means to you and whether it's worth staying here. <laughs> so like, I loved you as my coach for yes, some time, but yes. that's about it. Phil you Jackson. Need to, you need to figure some things out. Man. I need you to take some social justice courses. I can, I have some zones you can he's take. He's <laughs> so set in his ways, but anyway. I mean, he's a Zen, Zen master, right? And so. you can't take that away from him. Nope. Uh, Pat Riley uh, was like, let me go to... Vegas right. and court LeBron. According to the article, he went to the hotel room. LeBron was there with a couple of his uh, constituents, and they were watching a World Cup match on the mm-hmm. TV. As Riley, one does. It was the time of the year, Le- and Riley had the pitch ready. For him to come back. He's telling him, here's what we have in the works. Right. Here's what we can do. LeBron, up to that point, was not happy with the way Pat was not including some of his friends or mm-hmm. his agents. He wasn't happy with the way that uh, Pat was making some of the roster choices mm-hmm. not in alignment with what LeBron really would have liked to have seen. And so he's making this pitch to LeBron, and he's halfway distracted by the TV. Both of them are kind of like back and forth between what's being said in the TV. Right. So Riley had to ask them, can you all turn off the TV or turn it down or something like mm-hmm. that? And so, but... Uh, apparently he had the trophies, the two trophies, mm-hmm. sitting on a cart in the hallway about to roll them into the suite. Pat Riley. Pat Riley. Had two, two trophies. Trophies. Sitting in the, we'll call it, I don't know what hotel it was, we'll call it Caesars. Okay, Caesars. We're at Caesars, we got two NBA uh, Larry O'Brien trophies right. sitting in the hallway, and he's hitting LeBron with well, the everything. shimmy, with the chamois, and right. then he's gonna open he's the showing, door. He's showing and, like, a little bit of some cleave to, like, you know, yeah, with that like uh, little, his little, Italian little, man hair. Yeah, chest. the little chest hair comes out because you know every every person likes a little bit of that. Yeah, Riley, <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, so they have him uh, not even bring the trophies in because the vibe he was getting from the room was, I can't read LeBron. And this doesn't feel comfortable. Ooh. And so he kept the trophies in, and they just rolled the, I don't know, airmailed them back <laughs> to Miami. That is, like, and expense, because those trophies are not light. Yeah, but LeBron called him sometime later, uh, the day after or sometime, and he's like, yeah, thank you for the four years. I learned a lot, and mm-hmm. you've been good to me, and that's You were it. college for me. Thank you. I got my degree. Yeah, he moved on, going back to Cleveland. Yeah. And so Pat admittedly said... I took it real personal. I was enraged, and it took a friend of mine to talk me out of giving a Dan Gilbert-like response. Oh, yeah. And I almost did, and I'm glad I didn't. No. And he says now... Because you would be eating your words. He looks at LeBron now, Mm -hmm. and he goes, I totally get why he went back. Yeah. Yeah. He needed it. And and everyone needs sometimes that time away to grow... To figure stuff out, yeah, you know, his, to figure his, out who he is. Yeah. You know, that stuff is hard. It's not easy to like. I, 
I just I just think about you know us in our twenties, like the things that we needed to do to be who we are today, and who what things we need to do now, who who we are going to be in five years from now, ten years from now, and so, and to do all of that in the public eye, like that's hard. He's done it his way, and, and people have criticized him for it the whole way. And through. I have too. I have been one of those critics, and. I, I I will still say that I think the decision was still the most stupidest thing. And I think he would even say it wasn't probably the smartest thing in the world. But he learned from it. He got he got some rings out of it. Yeah. And, you know, he's got another one in Cleveland, he, so he's good. He is, in this playoff season, mm-hmm. nearing the record for most playoff points all time in NBA history. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I heard the amount of facts that you know in your brain, specifically about the NBA, like, is is kind of staggering. It's it's all internet. 21st century. <laughs> I know, but, like, thanks, you Al remember Gore. it. Al Gore, I mean, you Thanks, Al Gore, for making the internet. You are welcome to come to our podcast. He whenever. did win the popular vote. We, I just want to remind you. It, as Which is in the same company as... Hillary Rodham Clinton. It's a tough year, 2016. <laughs> 2016 was not great for R.I.P. us. R.I.P. Um, can we, what do you want to do? I don't know. I think we, uh, maybe do we want to do our dope person of so. the week? That's Let's where we're it. at. Let's do it. Um, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I think yours is a good intro. To what you... Because it dovetails. Right, because we did talk about this. So, yes. my dope person of the week is Lynn, Jeremy Lynn. Uh, Jeremy Lin, for those of you who don't know, is a basketball player, the first American-born Asian-American basketball player um, in the NBA. Um, so for those who, like the name, if it's familiar, if you think of Lin Sanity, kind of happened in like 2011, 2012. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. It was when I first came here. Uh, Carmelo Anthony was out because of injury, because Carmelo has bad juju, in my opinion, but... We'll talk about that another day and time. Yeah, I feel lots of ways about that. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so Carmelo is out, and, you know, Jeremy Lin came out of the bench and really became a star. Um, And here in New York, you know, people just loved him, specifically our, the Desi, the PETA community, the Asian Pacific Islander Desi community, loved him because it was great to see an American-born Asian-American rocking it Mm. in... um, in the league, in a league that all of us actually wa- grew up watching and identified with and ha- was part of our, our everyday culture, even though we were not necessarily always represented in in the league. Um, so he was our representation of it. Yes, there are, were other Asians on the league, in the league, in, an, in the NBA, but he was the first American-born one. So that's just history about who Jeremy Lin is. So after he played for the Knicks, he's played for other teams. Um, so currently he plays for uh, Brooklyn the Brooklyn Nets. I was going to say the New York Nets. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Um, It was close enough. Um, So I'm going to pull this up because I want to make sure that... um, Jeremy... I don't want to do this. There we go. Um, So about earlier this month, um, Jeremy... Jeremy, again, he's obviously not playing in the playoffs. He's kind of hanging out. I actually saw him after I saw this post, which was kind of cool, uh, walking down 6th Ave. when I I wanted to say hi, but I got scared. Um, (laughs) I got really scared. I texted Alex. I didn't know what to do. (laughs) Brian gets... (laughs) When it's someone really important to her, 
She she has a lot of like feelings. And <laughs> I also just, just don't know how to talk. Doesn't know how to talk. She it's she runs into people in New York City that, a lot, like, and I'm yeah. just like uh, I'm just gonna walk away. So anyway, he posted on Instagram a picture of him, and I think with other people. And he the in the picture he threw up some signs with his hands, um, and those signs oftentimes the way that it looked uh, I haven't seen the picture but from what I've read um, it looked like a sign that someone from the Divine Nine fraternity uh, Mm. would put up right Um, and so he got some flack for that rightfully so he's not part of a Divine Nine fraternity he is not black Um, he may understand and appreciate the hip hop culture um, and the black culture but that's not you know that's not who you are. So like, you don't know what you're talking about. So, um, there was a lot of people that were like, what are you doing, Jeremy Lin? You're stupid for doing this. Um, and so he immediately took it down and put an Instagram apology. Normally I hate Instagram apologies. I'm talking to you, Nicki Minaj and (laughs) others who think that let's talk about our feelings with these like fake-ass apologies that aren't really apologies. There's There are a lot of other BS in it. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry I made you feel that way, but I my, that wasn't my intent. No, just say sorry because you messed up. And so Jeremy posted something on Instagram, and normally I'm, like, not a fan, um, but he said it, it was a... It's clearly from note from his Notes app on iPhone uh, because the iPhone is the more superior phone, Alex Merchant. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so Jeremy writes... Hey guys, dot, dot, dot. Um, I took down my last photo out of respect for what the hand signals represent. I had no idea about the Omega Sci-Fi and the Divine Nine, but learned a lot today. I know if anyone made a hand signal that was sacred to me, I would hope they took the time to understand my culture too. So thanks for taking the time to explain it to me. Again, he didn't say I'm sorry necessarily, but he's like, look, I messed up. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I heard you, I messed up, I took down, I, I like, took down what I did, essentially, like, I, I, that's like a, a way of saying sorry, I guess, and I'm owning up to my, my garbage, I'm owning up to the shit that I did, you know, and I'm not gonna say I'm sorry you felt that way, I messed up, I educated myself, you called yeah. me out, I educated myself, and I'm gonna let you know that I did this, and I'm taking responsibility for my stuff, and I think that takes... Again, he didn't say I'm sorry. I would have liked that. Again, this this apology isn't perfect. But I really appreciate as someone who is in the limelight in some way, shape, or form, is teaching people to own your garbage, take some ownership of what you're doing, apologize for it genuinely, do some educating, and do better. So I appreciate Jeremy Lin for being, for being that way. So he's my dope person of the week. I mean, there's other dope people like... Specifically, Serena Williams uh, for being just the baddest and the coolest chick in, in the game, um, and other folks out there. But um, I just wanted to, and just for all the women who helped get Bill uh, Bill O'Reilly out, you're also dope people in my eyes. Yeah. Um, but I just I really appreciated that that um, apology and his. It just seemed genuine. It sounded like something he would say, um, and I appreciate that. Jay Lynn is money time, and he uh, you can see him in other things too. Like I've seen him in some Fung Bros videos on yeah. YouTube, mm-hmm. and he did uh, they did a spoof of Space Jam, 
Yes. With Jeremy Lin, mm-hmm. which his acting was like okay. Yeah. Good. He's good done some stuff with Wong Fu Productions, who's all, which is also a really great YouTube yeah. trio. Wong Fu Productions um, from California, y'all are awesome. Six two six. Yeah, so they are great, and so he's done stuff with them too, which has been pretty cool. Yeah, I enjoy Jeremy Lin. He's been a good presence in the NBA ever since he came on the scene. Mm-hmm. So he's added something to the to the mix for sure. I mean, and people think he's like corny because like. Like his mom, like his mom, like decides everything for him. I'm like, shoot. Is that true? Well, I think his mom is like his manager or something like that, or like is is involved. I'm just like, she's a mom. Yeah. And she's and like not to be stereotypical, like but Apita moms are like involved. Like my mom. You got right. What does Apita mean? Apita. I'm gonna say this a lot. Apita is Asian Pacific Islander Desi American. So that it it when you say Asian Americans, sometimes people who look like me don't necessarily feel like they're Asian enough. Because uh, they don't maybe phenotypically look Asian. Um, what but, does phenotypically mean? Oh my god! Like physically, <laughs> you throwing out like biology. You know terms. what? No, let me tell you something. This is why the internet exists. So I want y'all to Google it. <laughs> but a PETA is something I would love to explain, just because I think um, the Asian identity is very vast and oftentimes is clumped up into this one thing. And this is why the model minority myth exists. Something else that you should all Google um, and mm. learn how, how and why it came to be um, as a way to separate and put pit against the you know the black and brown and and communities the minority communities uh the marginalized communities of of america and so but anyway so i that's what a pita means and i identify as a pita as as an asian specifically because i'm from south asia and they see because that kind of encompasses people kind of look like me in a, in some sense so from bangladesh sri lanka Malaysia, Pakistan, India, and anywhere else. Yeah. The Middle East, too. If you, there's the folks who may identify as Desi. It's a thing. Actually, anyway. I, didn't, I didn't know that. The well, Middle like, East also. Well, Middle East exists in Asia, so, like, you can technically... That's true, yeah. But, they, sure. but they're not necessarily Desi. They would be identified as, like, Persian or, mm-hmm. you know, like, a little bit more specific and ethnicity-wise. Yeah, or racially-wise. I also think people in the United States, besides, like, the anti-Muslim rhetoric Mm -hmm. going on, I think geographically have a hard time knowing where to place the Middle East. Well, because it's, for the longest time, the Middle East has always been the enemy. Right. Like, for for as long as I can remember. It's been the other. Yeah, they've always been. You talk about the continents. Mm -hmm. You talk about Europe. You talk about Asia. As you were saying, phenotypically, people think of Asians as... Eastern cultures. Eastern Asian, yeah. Maybe, Eastern Asia. Maybe Southern, if you expand that to India. I think just Americans in general with geography, yeah. well, geography are not great. Well, I mean, there's there's a there was a person who, who was Asian, who, it was an Asian person, told me, you're not Asian. I'm like, where do you think India is, dude? Oh, gosh. And yeah, then, and no, then I, yeah. And then also, I'm not like, oh, do you speak Hindu? No, boo, Hindu oh, is a religion. Golly. <laughs> and I don't speak Hindi. I speak Malayalam. Freaking... Shout out to my Malus. Anyway, I had to, I just had to do that. That's fire. <laughs> I think they have a hard time just imagining where the Middle East is. Yeah. And therefore, it's like this Narnia land mm-hmm. of just like people wearing hijabs mm-hmm. and carrying rifles yeah. and blowing things up. Yeah. And that's just not what. And as someone who's been born there and apparently have been told I look a little terroristy. Yeah, you've heard that. I've heard that before. In the streets of, in the streets in the of the New sh- York. Yeah. That's... Um, so this is probably NSA's listening to this, so... I promise I'm not. But, you know, you believe what you want to believe. But, yeah, that was my dope anyway, person of the week. That's cool. Jeremy. He's... Jalen. Jalen. He's doing awesome. Good Proud time. of you, buddy. 
Um, all right. Yours, bud. Well, my dope person of the week actually um, comes on the quote—a quote from Jeremy Lin. That oh. Came, was, it was on. I don't know if when when he said it. It might have been recently, but I just saw this on social media today. Mm-hmm. Someone was asking him about his arrival to the NBA, mm-hmm. and he was saying that when he first got into the draft, people were saying John Wall mm-hmm. was the fastest player. Right. In when the was draft. his draft? Do you remember? I don't. I'll look it up while you talk. It was definitely Continue. after 2005. Um, but he said Jay Wall is the fastest player in the draft, mm-hmm. and Jeremy Lin is deceptively fast. 2010. 2010. Wow. Yeah. yeah, 2010. And Jeremy Lin said, oh, I've been called deceptively everything yeah. my whole life. Because being the only... American. Well, one of the only very few mm-hmm. um, people of Asian descent mm-hmm. in the NBA. Yeah, you don't. People would undersell him. Right. But Jay Wall was the guy. Right. Number one choice in the draft. Right. J- John he Wall. Was number one, yeah. John Wall, uh, number one choice in the 2010 draft to mm-hmm. the Washington Wizards is yep. my person of the week mm-hmm. because, uh, first of all, I mean, let's just talk about him as a player just in the season that he's having. He led the league in assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost 11. Nope, he was two because Harden had 11. But John Wall had. He's done, he's done well. Second. He's yeah. done great with his assist uh, this Made year and getting his teammates involved. Yeah. yeah. And scoring wise, he's at an all time high with his scoring around 24 points a game. So he's had one of his best careers since he came into the league. And uh, I looked up some stats. On the Wizards website. So in the seven years he's been there, mm-hmm. he's the number one leader in assists for the franchise. And he also is like number one or number seven in points. And uh, number one in assists, number one in steals. And number one in assists per game. Oh, wow. With their franchise since he came in the league. So the guy's done major work, and he's almost next year going to be fourth all-time oh, on wow. their points list. He's done a lot in seven years. So uh, just shout-out to his production level. But beyond that, I remember the first time I was impressed with John Wall was when they were asking him post-game. Mm-hmm. They just won a game. He had a great uh, performance. And they said, hey, earlier today you met with a girl at the hospital. Okay. Child mm-hmm. who was suffering from terminal cancer. Okay. This was like days earlier. Okay. But she passed away just before that game, like a day oh, or wow. two before the game. And he said, what did it mean to you to meet her? Mm-hmm. And he started to talk about just how impressed he was with her strength. Mm-hmm. And he quickly couldn't finish and he had to just bow his head down to his knees and he was mm-hmm. just crying. Oh, wow. Post-game. And was this recently? This, no, it was a couple years ago. Okay, I was going to say... It was like, a couple years ago. This didn't just happen, but okay. they were... That was the first time I noticed okay. John Wall as the, a person. The, there's, like, a... Like, beyond yeah. just, like, this I hadn't player. seen... Yeah, I had never seen anyone on an NBA court cry for another person's humanity mm-hmm. like that. And so, um, they said, thank you. Uh, we'll go back to the studio. John's, mm-hmm. you know, going to go back into the locker room. And right. he, you know, picked his head up. You could see the tears coming down. Mm-hmm. And he's just like quietly went back to the locker mm-hmm. room and finished, you know, there. So I was like, okay, this guy's got a heart, mm-hmm. as I would hope any human would right. in that situation, but I could just see the compassion in him. And then I was looking into his story a little bit more growing up, 
you know, it was a little tough growing up and uh, finally made his way to college at the University of Kentucky where he was under Coach Calipari and made his way For to the second, draft. For a second, I thought you said Tyler Perry, and I, and I chuckled a little inside. Medea? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all play more basketball! <laughs> Dribble! Jeez, I can't. Uh, uh, anyway. Boy. Um, so he, no, but he, he was incredible as, as an athlete in college, and then he came to the NBA and quickly took over as a leader for that team. But what he's done since then, he's got the John Wall uh, Family Foundation, mm-hmm. which uh, does a lot of things for people in his community. Oh, and wow. has also, uh, he was named the NBA Cares Community Assist Award winner for 2016 um, for all the work that he does That's in awesome. his uh, neighborhood in, in Washington, D.C., um, helping out, as so many NBA players do, with their home communities mm-hmm. to get people in the right state of mind, happy, healthy, and taken care of, um, and just give back to the fans who support them um, while they they pl- essentially play a sport for a living. Right. Um, they do good um, in their communities and give back. So, um, I love the NBA. NBA I cares I, has been around for a while, and they such a cool organization that does good. Yeah. And so John, just in looking so, through some of the things that he's done uh, in the past year with kids and, and other groups in the community, I've mm-hmm. just been really impressed with his philanthropy. I mean, he's a fly dresser too, so he auctioned off his I clothes mean, for charity. I mean, not he's as like, good as like Russell, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, which but... is kill- his, oh my God, his year was amazing. <laughs> I don't care about it on the court. Walking into the arena, his year was fabulous yes i mean just I, I'm, I'm sure there's gonna be someone needs to do like a photo book of just russell westbrook's my favorite was the willie beeman jersey he wore this year from i mean Any my Given favorite Sunday. is still is going to be photographer the photographer yeah i mean oh, also because so the photographer rude. and me so rude. loved it and also i was like yes be salty i'm yeah, into it absolutely. i'm into it if y'all well, didn't know uh kevin durant um, was it for the Super Bowl that he was? Yeah. It was the Super Bowl that yeah. he was an official photographer, which is cool. I love that he's into other things outside of basketball. And he had a really nice Canon. I was really, I wanted That's it. That's what she said. I hate you. Ah! Did you just say that? What he said? <laughs> That's what she said? What the heck? Okay. Uh, um, but, uh, yes. So, but Russell yeah. That's, and so Russell Westbrook imitate, like, yeah. joked about it and said... He's and wore something that just that just said photographer, which I thought was funny. He's a little jokester. A little jokester. But yeah, um, no, John Wall. That's John Wall's my guy. I, I respect him a lot, just not as the player, but just as the person that he is and the compassion he has for others. And so I just wanted to highlight him. And post-game the other night, he wore this fly camouflage cape looking <laughs> thing. He Wait, now came, I need to see this. He came up on stage just as cool as he could be, took off his sunglasses, and the front of the cape is mostly white with some kind of accents on it, and then you get up and it's this long flowing camouflage back. <laughs> just like just, and he put the glasses back, the sunglasses back on, the, the hater blockers, and he the walked hater out. Blocker. <laughs> and I was like, that guy is cool as the other side of the pillow, as Stuart Scott would say. Rest uh, in peace. Rest in peace, Stuart Scott. Yeah. I need to read his book. Oh yeah, for sure. I've heard good things about it. So that's my dope person of the week. That's awesome. Well, I think this was a fun. It's a, it was a long podcast, but... How I had, long was this? I don't even I know. Idea. I think it was like maybe two hours. It doesn't okay. say. All right. Whatever. Um, At the end of the day, I enjoyed hanging with you, bud. You as, too, friend. As 
As it as it always is, always a good time. I know we're gonna after we turn this off, we're gonna talk about other things anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. For probably another hour. No, I'm just kidding. We have we have things to do, people people to yeah, see, absolutely. and beds to sleep in. Yeah, jeez. Um. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks for coming and listening to us. And if you've made it this far, you're a champ in my book. Yeah, this is this is probably probably gonna be the longest one because we were still trying to get our bearings, but. You know, who knows? Who cares? It's us talking, and we talked about a lot of random stuff. Yeah. And which was exciting and fun. So thank you all for coming. Any parting words to the fans? Nice to meet everyone. Okay, that. why are you so awkward? <laughs> that was... I don't have any words. He's... Okay, he's the worst. So I guess uh, I will part with for all of us to just say... Say the thing. Say the thing. What thing? It's right. Which one? <laughs> so we're trying to do it to, naturally. Okay, I'll do it naturally when it when it feels right. But but truly, thank you everyone for thank you to everyone who's encouraged us to do this. Um, I think that's we want to give a shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, for thinking believing of us and in us. for believing in us. Aww. Uh, but also for sticking around and listening to us as long as you have. So we hope we'll see you next week. So uh, catch you later. See y'all.